0: You're listening to Football Friday Night On Demand, exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up-to-date with high school football scores, updates, and news by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app.
1: The following is an exclusive presentation of Team 600 ESPN El Paso.
2: This is... Is Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso. Here are your hosts, Bo Bagley and Paul McKinnon.
0: All right, welcome back to Football Friday Night. Adrian Brodis here along with Paul McKinnon, getting everybody ready for tonight's Week 2 action of high school football across the city of El Paso. This one is going to be a a great one. Football Friday night is back for another season. It's Bo Bagley, Paul McKinnon, who will join you in the post game show. Adrian brought us here along with Paul McKinnon, joining you for the pre game show. Sandwiched in between, we got Chihuahua's baseball action. That one getting ready to uh, take place at six thirty hour from now, and then uh, right after the Chihuahua's baseball broadcast with Tim Haggerty, we'll come back live and bring you the recap edition of Football Friday Night. Uh, We are we are presented this uh, pre game show is presented by uh, El Paso Association of Builders. The football Friday night pregame show brought to you by Real Texas Builders. You can ask your home builder if they're members of the El Paso Association of Builders the home of Real Texas Builders visit them online at elpasobuilders.com We'll get to our 915 Tours Game of the Week in just a little bit Uh, but first I want to go over to our local scoreboard which is brought to you by the Oscar Arieta Agency Now with this one right here we We've got one game going on right now. It is Pebble Hills going up against Del Valle. It's at the half thanks to Brett Bloomquist of the El Paso Times. We've got some stats to run down. Uh, Pebble Hills up 30 to six right now against del Valle and uh, this is off of they were up 15 nothing at the end of the first quarter del Valle scored it was a it was a bit of a game it was 15 to 6 in the early second quarter and then Pebble Hills just really unleashed themselves Ochoa had uh, has been playing outstanding so far for Pebble Hills uh, they have 16 first uh, first downs Pebble Hills has 115 on the ground Ochoa has nearly a hundred through the air three touchdown passes is one rushing touchdown. Uh, Gael Ochoa, the junior standout, is really showing what he could do for Pebble Hills in that early game out at the sack right now. Paul, uh, we talked about it yet last week. We'll talk about it again this week. This Pebble Hills Spartans team looks like, at least out of the gate, they're one of the best teams in the city of El Paso.
3: Yeah, without a doubt, and I, I think it was to be expected coming in. Uh, you look who they had last year, who's coming back, and what they did, you know, as a team of sophomores, including that sophomore quarterback who, oh, by the way, was already in his second year as a QB, Guy Ochoa, nice bloodlines, his brother, Sebastian Ochoa. I think you'd have to say uh, in the in the short history of Pebble Hills, the best quarterback in the history of uh, Pebble Hills football. Sure. And, and now Gael, of course, is hoping he's not even the best one, you know, in the same household. Well, even though Sebastian's off to, to college now, I'm sure. But anyway, yeah, not not a surprise. Pebble Hill's a little bigger, a little stronger. When you say uh, Galo Cho has thrown for more than 100 yards, that doesn't necessarily mean that, that they're throwing the ball. Uh, remember Jaleel Boston last week, I think a couple of catches for about 120 yards and you know a couple of touchdowns each so you know they don't throw it terrifically but when they throw it they throw it with purpose and at least last week boston probably this week as well they made some big plays through the air
0: yeah they like the the word that you said right there big plays that's what pebble hills really likes to capitalize off big plays uh for sure let's run down the entire schedule for tonight in our 915 tours game of the week can Tio going up against coronado brandon the iceman cone alive at this one franklin hosting andrus i'll be at at this Game As soon as football Friday night ends, uh, which should be a great game on El Paso's west side, Eastwood hosting Las Cruces. Remember, Eastwood coming off a loss to one of the, if not the best team in all of the state of Texas, South Lake Carroll last week. The Troopers back in town, they're hosting Las Cruces High in this one. Steve Escajeda will call the action for this one. Jaime Chavez will be out at the sack. El Dorado playing host to Chapin. Uh, The Aztecs coming off a big win last week against Parkland, while the Chapin and Huskies uh, were upset against Coronado last week. Let's see if they can bounce back on the road this week. Hanks at El Paso. J.D. Sersley will be out at this one. Uh, Both teams coming into this game 1-0. Let's see who will stay undefeated after this one. David Guest, one of our newest reporters joining us tonight. He will be out at Parkland. Matadors hosting the Austin Panthers. Remember, the Panthers last week, they fell to Fort Stockton in a tight 18-15 game. Parkland, on the other hand, they fell in a back-and-forth contest against El Dorado. The Matadors trying to get their first win of the season, 0-1 on the year. So let's see what they could do out there. Joey Panisi will be out at Riverside tonight as the Rangers host the Burgess Mustangs. Uh, And then Bill Kuhn heading out to Bowie. Uh, The Bears hosting uh, Horizon. And then Jefferson at Irvin. This one should be an interesting one. Russ Bannister out at Irvin Memorial for this game. Uh, Paul, an interesting slate of games. We have some in-town games. We have some out-of-town games and let me get to those real quick because you have Eastlake on the road against Rio Rancho, one of the best teams, if not the best team, in the state of New Mexico. Uh, you also have San Angelo Central hosting Montwood. That's a tough task for a young Rams team to go up against this weekend, uh, along with some others like Pecos at San Elizario. You got Clint at Isleta, and then Mountain View at Cathedral will round things up. But uh, interesting slate of games tonight, uh, Paul. What What are your initial takeaways looking into this one?
3: Uh, I guess it depends on which one we're looking at. Uh, your game, Franklin andrews the, the thing that uh, that I'm curious about, at least from the Andrus uh, standpoint, uh, Malcolm Anderson, he's the guy you expected to do everything. Remember when Jeremiah Cooper went down last year, uh, really in, in only about a month, he amasses uh, 800 uh, air yards and another 600 on the ground. Last week, he only touched the ball eight times. Yep. In, in that loss. So, you know, is he uh, totally, completely healthy? Uh, and by the same token, let's jump over to Parkland. Same thing, Isaiah Beasley. Nice-looking junior runner a year ago. You know, you look at him, you think, ah, hey, kind of got that Eric Dickerson kind of gliding thing. One carry last week in the loss to El Dorado. What's that about his backup, a guy who looked pretty good also? I mean, looked good good last year. You know, he'd be start for most other teams in this town. Anthony at you know, he went for, you know, hundred and 30-plus or whatever, had a nice game. Not good enough to push Parkland over the finish line. El Dorado and that freshman Estrada kid. Uh, don't get me started on that. Oh, yeah. But – uh Isaiah Beasley, one carry and a couple of catches. You know, what's that all about? Is that a case of another kid who's not totally healthy to start the season? You know, maybe banged up in the scrimmage or something. Hopefully, we'll find that stuff out tonight.
0: Yeah, definitely. And going back to that Andrews Franklin game, we'll get Brandon the Iceman cone on to break down Cornado uh, Canyon Tio in just a little bit. But Andrews football head coach Chris Taylor, he's going up against his old mentor and, and Darren Walker. Uh, Taylor previously coached at Franklin under Walker. And now, um, you got to give a lot of credit to Chris Taylor. What He's done with Andrews because when you take over a program led by f- longtime head coach, legendary coach Jeff Woodruff, and what he was able to do over there in the Northeast, the Golden Eagles had a lot of success last season. They look to repeat this year in a really tough 1 5A Division II. That's the big task for me looking at Chris Taylor. Hey, you did a great job in year mm-hmm. one with the Andrews Golden Eagles. You had Jeremiah Cooper last year. This, this year, running it back with Elias Duncan at quarterback and have guys uh, at the running back position and, and athlete, kind of like an all-around athlete and Malcolm Anderson uh, the army commit how are they going to fare this season and in this year I mean this uh, weekend they've got Franklin on the road last week East Lake team I mean yeah say what you will about what Malcolm Anderson didn't do in the game but you got to give a lot of credit to that Falcons defense I'm I'm wondering how much was that uh, a Malcolm Anderson thing and how much of that was an East Lake defensive thing uh, in terms of their
3: matchups yeah, but you make the defense at least make plays. You, sure, you, you gotta sure. if you get the ball in your hands, then they gotta tackle you. They they only had to tackle them about eight times last last game. That's probably about. A third of what it, uh, what it probably should have been. But, uh, no, no, I get your point. Anders, and again, Andres has guys coming back. Elias Duncan, the quarterback, second year starter. He's a senior now. He's a big kid. He's a physical kid. In fact, he's the one that was carrying the football last week when Anderson wasn't, I think, 23 carries, something like that, for around 100 yards. So he is that physical presence in the backfield. Anderson, a little more of a scat back guy, a, a big play, uh, a, a player. But, you know, he, he didn't get his hands on the football. But, uh, Anderson's is going to have plenty, and of course you couple him with Anderson. You had the receiver who just showed up last week, senior, first time playing varsity for Andres. Sean Owens caught a touchdown pass, so maybe another weapon there. And you know they they always you know shake a tree and a few weapons are going to fall out of the out for Andrews, and they're going to have that again. I think their biggest problem this year uh, when it comes to repeating in that district is going to be uh, the new member, and that would be uh, Kenya tio L.J. Martin, big dog. Those guys got to be pretty angry after what Pebble Hills did to them last week. L.J. Martin only 73 yards on the ground against what's looking more and more like a really good Pebble Hills defense, which harkens back to I think their first senior class when they had a defense that was just off the chain, led the city in turnovers, and uh, not just turnovers, but uh, uh, point off turnovers, blocked punts, interceptions, scoop and scores, all over the place. I don't know if they're doing that, but this is another quality Mark Torres defense out at Pebble Hills.
0: Franklin's coming off a tough loss last week, just like Andrews came off a tough loss last week. I mean, uh, Andrews fell 27 14 against Eastlake. It was close at points, but uh, let's let's be honest. Eastlake had that game. Now, Franklin, they were uh, they, they had really no chance in this game against Las Cruces Centennial, who ended up beating that tough Rio Rancho team in week one. Uh, and Franklin in this one, they're hoping to bounce back in their home opener tonight. Franklin's led by quarterback Shay Smith. They've got wide receiver Bo Sparks, of course, coming back. You can expect that Franklin offense to be just as high-powered as they were last year. But the one thing that I would say the knock against this Franklin Cougars team is they might be a little small up front in the trenches on both sides of the ball. So I think that's one of the things that you might want to look at uh, going into this one. How's that offensive line, defensive line going to stack up for the for the Cougars?
3: Yeah, great point. And I would look specifically at the defensive line. But first, what you said is, is correct. Uh uh the quarterback junior now remember uh, smith as a freshman actually was the the franklin starter you know with all that covid nonsense i mean not nonsense but yeah the covid year yeah got it (laughs) a lot of guys had to sit out and one of them was cameron bird who was sensational last year as a senior starter he missed it about half of 2020 the the covid season Uh, again with you know for whatever reason he and a bunch of other folks and a bunch of other folks on a bunch of other teams in the city of el paso so he had an early indoctrination i saw some video on him you know He's got a little hitch in his in his motion, but he's got zip on the ball. And you got a guy in Bo Sparks who runs great routes, catches everything that comes his way, and makes plays. So as you said, they're going to be fine. The defensive side of the ball is what's worrisome early on, and you said especially up front. You look at what uh, Centennial did to him last week. Michael Gutierrez, four touchdowns. Our our Bill Coon was out there to call it for us. Four touchdowns rushing in the first half, and they are all between fifteen and twenty five yards. So then Centennial offensive line, and that offense was gashing the Franklin defense, and, you know, uh, good for Centennial, those Cruces teams, you know, they play well, but they're always about as good as our good teams in the city of El Paso, and Franklin was not good on the field at Centennial last week, they got thrashed, I think Centennial eased up on them at the end, where uh, thankfully Bo Sparks was uh, was able to score a couple of t- touchdowns. To get that thing within 49 20, 21, but they were not representative uh, of at all as normal Franklin teams are a week ago. Uh, you know, every week's a new week. We'll see what they do with Andrus.
0: Uh, speaking of New Mexico, let's just talk about the two other games that feature teams uh, in the land of the enchantment. Uh, first off, Las Cruces making the trip to El Paso. They're facing off Eastwood. Now, the Troopers, they were tested. I, and you got to give credit to Coach Julio Lopez because going up against the Southlake Carroll Dragons, that's that's more than a tough task. That's mm. a, an impossible task right. at some degree for any of El Paso teams. That's the best team in the state, right there. And they were up for a task in uh, Southlake Carroll. Now they'll get a chance to play Las Cruces. I'm curious to see what we see from the quarterback position at Eastwood because we know wide receiver Curtis Murillo is their guy. That's the guy that they're getting the ball to. 158 receiving yards last year, and uh, excuse me, last week, and a touchdown against Southlake Carroll. He's one of the top wideouts that you're going to find in El Paso. How will this team fare against Las Cruces, who lost last week 34-17 to Volcano Vista? That's that's my question.
3: Yeah, great question. And you always wonder when you go and play these teams that are usually a lot more physical than you are because they're playing at, at such a high level. Talking about South Lake Carroll, of course, who's... You know, in the semis or the finals, seems like every year over the last four or five years, right. So, And Eastwood, by the way, was actually up 7-3. to Lightning struck, and uh, they took the lead early on. So I guess I can always talk about that. As you said, they were able to get the ball to Murillo. The new quarterback, uh, Evan Minjadis, was able to get the ball to Murillo, but he was the only one he was able to get the ball to. Murillo was the only one who was able to get open, only one able to make plays, only one to get into the end zone. But that's what happens when you're playing against somebody way over your head. But uh, quarterback position, are they going to be okay? Yeah, I think they're going to be okay. And the guys who weren't getting open, Open last week are still guys that were around a year ago making plays. Uh, Michael Caldetta comes to mind, and and, uh, so they have a lot of talent coming back. The Cruces game should be a good one. This is the kind, this is what I was talking about with Franklin and Centennial last week. Those teams, the New Mexico teams that come to play the Eastwoods and the Franklins and, uh, say, the Pebble Hillses of the world, they're usually pretty even. Those make for some pretty good games. I think uh, Cruces and Eastwood should be a fun one.
0: Now, when we're talking about the other game featuring a team out of uh, New Mexico, it's Rio Rancho-Cleveland. They're 1-1 one one on the season. They fell in Week 1 to Centennial. Just a back and forth game. That's the team who, again, beat Franklin last week. Uh, Rio Rancho-Cleveland, very balanced. First game, they're throwing all over the place. Second game, they're running it down your throat. Um, but then on the other side, Eastlake's tough. Their, their defense is awesome. I love Hector Hinojos, a first game 20 tackles against Andreas. This is a guy who's just an outstanding linebacker in the city of El Paso. Falcons love to bring the pressure. They love to stack guys in the box and just shut down the run right away. And then offensively, that's where I had questions going into the season for Coach uh, Ruben Rodriguez out there. But I liked what I saw from sophomore quarterback Luke Lomeli Lomeli, and then senior running back Jeremiah Escamilla. Uh, Those two guys right there could be the leaders offensively. I I just wonder how far those guys can really take this uh, Eastlake team offensively.
3: Yeah, just to hammer my point home obnoxiously, I get on something I just can't let it go. You mentioned Rio Rancho Cleveland. That's the team that Franklin last season went up to their place. Yep. By the way, Cleveland turned out to be the state champs in, in New Mexico. What Franklin do? Well, 36-33, I think there was an hour and a half lightning delay in that one. But Franklin, you know, they played from behind, but they gave them everything they wanted. That was Franklin last year as opposed to Franklin this year. That uh, Centennial really rolled over, up three scores. I think uh, going going to halftime. On the flip side of that, East Lake is is so fascinating to me. And Ruben Rodriguez is still a young coach, but the way they morph their offense from year to year. Remember, this was the team that Orion right. uh, uh, Alivas, as a junior, threw for thirty eight hundred yards in eleven games. Nobody's thrown for that many yards in those few games. There are guys who've thrown for more. Uh, Briggs with uh, Parkland, and of course. Uh, uh, Andrew Martinez from Eastwood last year, both threw for more than 4,000, but that was in 13 games each. So the year after, Ryan Olivas throws for 3,800-plus uh, yards. By the way, Matt Jones catches 24 passes, sets a, a state public school record for Texas uh, in the Monterey game that year. They throw the ball all over creation. The next year they come back and they say, oh, look at this Elijah Orive guy. He's pretty big and he's pretty strong, and he runs some people over. And about a month into that season – an East Lake team that threw the ball on virtually every down still had Ryan Olivas, still had Matt Jones, still had some of the pieces from the year prior. Said, you know what? We're going to start running this thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they gave it to Uribe, and they gave it to Uribe, and they gave it to Uribe the rest of that season. And the next, ask the Eastwood Troopers about that. Troopers went to the round of 16, but they sure didn't like their dose of Elijah Uribe last year, who ran for 300-plus yards, seven touchdowns on the ground. I think he carried it 46 times. So, so like you said, no more no – more, well, there is an Uribe on this team, but it's, uh, he saw Uribe, who's playing yeah. on the defensive side. Elijah graduated – what do these guys do now? You lost your quarterback. You lost your big running back. Do you go back to that uh, air raid attack from a few years ago and try and find a quarterback that can zip it around? Or do you just pound and ground again. I'm curious to, to see really what uh, these guys morph into. I don't have a clue.
0: I have no clue either, but it makes it real interesting. Speaking of interesting, let's head out to our game of the week. It's our 915 Tours game of the week. Canyon Teal and Coronado. Brandon the Iceman Cone joining us, but before he gets to us, uh, 915 Tours, just want to let everybody know they're a division of Classic Elegance Coaches, and they're providing travel packages from El Paso to Dallas for Cowboys home games. They're getting ready for the season. An opener against the Bucks. Packages include round-trip travel, hotel stay in Dallas at the Omni, an ultimate fan experience tailgate, a meet-and-greet with a Cowboys football player, and, of course, your ticket to watch the Dallas Cowboys. Learn more at 915tours.com. Let's get to Brandon the Iceman Cone live at Coronado as the Thunderbirds get set to host the Canadian Eagles. Brandon, give us the, layda- the lowdown. What do you see from this one early on?
4: Well, I'm very excited about this one. This should be a stunning contest this evening between a Canyon T.O. Eagles team 0-1, surprisingly, losing last week, being blanked by Pebble Hills 23 to nothing, at home. Keep in mind, this is a squad led by newcomer at QB, Jeremiah Knox, who uh, struggled last week 11 of 16, 61 yards. But this is also a squad returning 13 starters from their stellar 2021 campaign, which resulted in two playoff victories against... Jeff- or bowing out to Ryder in late November of last year. Keep in mind, one of the most successful programs in El Paso history within the last especially about 10-plus years since 2013. This team has won 73 games and four district titles since that year. L.J. Martin, what else can you say? He's a Stanford commit, stunning season last year, 2,737, 2737 yards on the ground, 29 rushing touchdowns, uh, only held to 73 yards on the ground. 4.3 yards per carry against Pebble Hills, which is, for him, by all standards, not spectacular. Certainly, they did a great job against him. Also, you have wideouts Dante DeAnda, Kyle Ramirez, and Lorenzo Adiola. So this is a team looking for their first win of the season. And coming into Coronado, how about this team 1-0 and after Mike Fry, the era of Mike Fry begins. CHS class of 95, got a big win last week. At Chapin 34 to 20. Remember, this is a squad in the T Birds. They've only won five games in the past three years. Owen Lavesto, their QB, 118 yards, two touchdowns yesterday or last week, rather. And how about Cade Little? He's the leading rusher and receiver last year. This is a kid that is known as the do-it-all, the little Swiss knife, little Swiss Army knife, according to Coach Fry, who can do a little bit of everything. But I think the big story for Coronado besides the big victory, was Blake Randag. The kid had four total touchdowns last week, two receiving, as well as a pick six, a 62-yard pick six and one on special teams. So certainly they're led by key defensive players, Sebastian Pettis, Bobby Anderson, nine tackles last week, Andres Ortiz and Steve Cortez. Coronado's going to bring it tonight. They're at home, their home opener. Tio, of course, desperate to get their first win of the year. You have also... Scott Brooks returning to the stadium where his late great father is named after. You have Quarles Brooks stadium here. Going to be a heck of a game here. Kickoff 7 PM Pride of the West side, far West El Paso, Coronado and Kenya Teal. Get your popcorn ready folks.
0: (laughs) I love it. Brandon. Great stuff. We'll talk to you later on tonight in our recap show for football Friday night. Great stuff from Brandon. And one of the things he brings up, Paul, that really caught my attention. It's the quarterback knocks on Kenya Teal. I think this season or early on into the season we 're going to find out what that identity is at the quarterback spot at last year with Granados, at least you could have him throw some passes and, and complete some different things. I mean, you heard from Brandon struggling out of the gate against Pebble Hills uh, Pebble Hills really shutting down LJ Martin as well that candy to you offense i'm so curious to see how they bounce back or try to bounce back after a shutout loss twenty three nothing to Pebble Hills, which was really you know surprising to me last week.
3: And that's a big part of it, a new skipper. Uh, you talk about Knox being able to throw the ball. Uh, they still have Lo Adeola, who was a big play receiver a year ago. And, you know, if somebody gets him the ball, he's still going to be able to make those plays. But I look at it even more as as... Uh, from the running standpoint, uh, what is Knox going to be able to contribute to the running game, as opposed to just having a big target on L.J. Martin, and that didn't matter much for him last last season. He didn't get stopped by hardly anybody. But when you put another option back there, quarterback gets to sometimes pull the ball and you know go around the right edge or whatever. It makes things so much tougher uh, for a defense. Is he and, and that's. That's what Canyon T was normally looking for from a quarterback. They want running quarterbacks. You look at the Final Four team. Who was who was the leading rusher on that team? It was Javier Gomez? Right. You know the quarterback who just graduated from what is it? Eastern New Mexico or or. The the Paladuro School, I forget which one it is. All the kids from El Paso, they go to either one of those two schools. Right. (laughs) So it was one of those. He graduated as a safety, though, I think probably seven years after after, uh, he took Kennedy all the way to the Final Four. But that's what they've always wanted. They want a quarterback who can uh, make plays with his feet. And if Knox turns into that, I think these guys are especially... Uh, at the 5A level, they're going to be extremely tough to stop. We've got about 30 more
0: minutes here in our pregame show for Football Friday Night. We'll give you some live scores. We'll continue previewing all the action across the city of El Paso. You're listening to the pregame show of Football Friday Night, presented by the El Paso Association of Builders. We'll take a timeout right now. When we come back, we'll get out to more reporters, and we'll give you more uh, high school football action as Football Friday Night continues right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Alright, welcome back. It's Football Friday Night. Adrian brought us here along with Paul McKinnon for the pregame show presented by the El Paso Association of Builders. Football Friday Night pregame show brought to you by Real Texas Builders. You can ask your home builder if they're members of the El Paso Association of Builders, the home of Real Texas Builders. El pa- visit El ElPasoBuilders.com to learn more. Uh, well, you just heard from Brandon the Iceman Cone live at our 915 Tours game of the week. It's Canyon Tio going up against Coronado, uh, and that one should be a lot of fun. Just to give everybody a programming note of how things are going to work tonight, we will send you off to Tim Haggerty, voice of the Chihuahuas, at 630 And then after the Chihuahua's baseball broadcast, we'll be back in action for the Football Friday Night Recap Show. It'll be Bo Bagley hosting things along with Paul McKinnon here uh, as we continue. Also want to let everybody know that you could check out our scoreboard. It's online right now, 600ESPNElPaso.com. So if you want to just check in on all the games that are going on across the city of El Paso, see live scores as they happen, our website will update those, 600ESPNElPaso.com, along with our Twitter page. 600 ESPN El Paso if you follow us on Twitter. So you could check out live scores on social media, check out live scores online as well uh, as the night continues. A great night of football uh, ahead of us and want to head out to Eastwood High School right now. Welcome on Steve Escaheda as the Troopers host Las Cruces High tonight, trying to get their first win of the season. Steve, thanks for joining us. Give us a preview of this upcoming matchup.
4: Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, in fact, both teams are looking for their first win of the season. Uh, Las Cruces, uh, the Bulldogs, again, uh, took it on the chin last week, or on the snout. I don't know which, how you want to word that, but they, they lost to Volcano Vista, 34-17. So, you know, they're going to be a little bit upset coming into this ball ballgame. Uh, they they like to run the football. In fact, their uh, quarterback, uh, Matthew Lashley, uh, was a leading rusher last week with 126 yards on the ground, uh, followed by their running back, David uh, Barella, He had 170 yards. And, uh, you know, so they, like I said, they're going to, again, running attack against Eastwood's uh, vaunted passing game. Uh, Fort Las Cruces, again, th- they come into this season with 15 straight years without a losing season. The last time they had a losing season, they were 3-7 and back in 2006. So, again, they lose tonight, fall to 0-2. They're going to be in very unfamiliar territory. So, you know that... Uh, we're going to expect a tough
5: one from the Bulldogs.
4: As far as the Eastwood Troopers, again, they lost, well, you can't blame them. They lost to the number six uh, team in the state of Texas, South Lake Carroll, 66-14 to last week. Uh, but you got to think they're going to bounce back uh, that, that uh, game against a, a team that tough. Only got to help them. Uh, they're led by their quarterback, Evan Mijares. Uh, he was 11 for 27 last week for 229 yards. He had a touchdown and two picks. Uh, they're leading uh, running back, uh, Max Mancia. He had 32 yards on the ground, and now they do have a bona fide star in their wide receiver, Curtis Murillo. Even in that shellacking last week, six catches, 158 yards, and their uh, and their touchdown last week, and that comes out to 26.3 yards per catch. So, again, we're expecting a really good ballgame tonight. Both teams in desperate need of a victory uh, to get their season on track. Uh, here at Eastwood uh, Stadium, we're about 45 minutes away from kickoff, Las Cruces Bulldogs and the Eastwood Troopers.
0: Thank you very much, Steve. I really appreciate that update and the preview uh, of Eastwood and Los Cruces. We talked about this one earlier, Paul. Not much to continue to say about this one right here. I think for the Troopers is just uh, try to get a win under their belt. Still try to find the identity of their offense as this early season continues. And then for Los Cruces, they want to play. Uh, they want to play spoiler against the Troopers and they want to win tonight.
3: Yeah, without a doubt, I think uh, I think you said it right for Eastwood. Remember the six A's. There are nine teams in District One Six A this year, which means do the math. It's going to take eight weeks to play your district season. We got nine weeks left in the season after tonight. That means everybody's playing every week against a district opponent, unless you're off. Next week, that happens to be Socorro. But it's time for district play. Eastwood, I think, desperately wants to get a win, get a little momentum going into district play. They finished in the round of 16 last year. I'm sure they have their eyes on uh, the prize this year, the district title, as opposed to just sneaking in in fourth place the way they had to with a win over Americas in week 11 a year ago. We're not able to get to coach
0: Chavez, uh, Jaime Chavez, unfortunately. And, and instead, we are going to stick with uh, what we're getting from Brett Bloomquist from the El Paso Times. Here's an update for you, Paul. Uh, Pebble Hill's up now 37-6 to against Del Valle. Brett writes, after a three and out by the defense, the Spartans uh, go 44 yards and get another touchdown. It's Sam Chacon, uh, backup tailback, who, who gets in on an eight-yard carry. And uh, for Pebble Hill's just dominating Del Valle out at the sack right now.
3: Yeah, I would assume this has got to be the time where the Del Valle defense just gets worn down. It sounds like Del Valle's offense not doing a thing tonight which means the D is spending plenty of time on the field, and Pebble, even though they occasionally make a play through the uh, through the air, a big play, what they mostly like to do is ground and pound, and mostly with that now junior quarterback, Guy Ochoa.
0: Let's talk a little bit about this Chapin-El Dorado matchup. This one's interesting. This is the second game out at the sack after the Pebble Hills-Del Valle game. Now, for Chapin, they're trying to avenge their opening week loss. Not a lot of people saw this coming against Coronado. It's another 6A foe on their schedule, and they know El Dorado very well. I mean, they were in the Super 5A last year together. Huskies quarterback Evan Rivera is leading their offense. He's coming off a 221 yard pa- uh, passing performance against the Thunderbirds, and you got to look at their standout wide receiver. It's Anthony Rivera. He was shut down last week. We talked about players who were really shut down uh, as of last week. And Malcolm Anderson was most notable uh, that we mentioned earlier. But Anthony Rivera uh, just you know couldn't do much against the T-Birds. Instead, it was sophomore Savion Jordan. He stepped up. He had 11 catches. Uh, he also uh, you know caught, he had uh, 123 receiving yards and a touchdown in the loss for the Huskies. They're trying to bounce back after their loss in El Dorado. I mean, this is the story right here. I buried the lead, Paul. (laughs) The Estrada brothers, its first star quarterback, Quincy Estrada, 122 passing yards. But uh, I'm going to let you take it from here. The freshman star running back, Ryan Estrada, how big was his opening weekend?
3: Holy smokes. And it's not just how big it was. I mean, there have been bigger first showings, but not bigger first showings as a freshman. Right. I can't think, you know, we talked earlier about uh, uh, Shea Smith, you know, as a freshman, he was quarterbacking Franklin. That's a huge thing, but he wasn't starring. Right, he was know, playing
0: fine. He handing fine. the
3: ball off, you know, short little routes, hopefully complete him. Good athlete, let him run. What did this guy do? 11 carries, 211 yards. Three touchdowns on the ground. He caught another pass for a score. Finished the game. It was a one-point game. He goes 83 yards with a couple of minutes left. 35-27 final. And, oh, by the way, for a freshman, pretty big kid. I think he's like 5'10", 185. That's about Duma's size when he came into the league. The the, The only I can think of one freshman who exploded on the scene and that was kind of sketchy. Irvin, back in the, 20, uh, I guess, 2011, early 2010s, anyway, there was this kid, Demonte Parker, as a freshman. It was a bad Irvin team. It was after Cliff Orlando retired his last year. He took him to the playoffs. Everybody graduated. And then you had this kid, Demonte Parker, freshman, who was out there pretty much all by himself? They were only two and eight, but the guy ran for 1,400 yards and none of it was planned. Drop back to pass and nothing there, and I'm just gonna run around and see what I can get. Phenomenal athlete. That guy exploded on the El Paso scene. I cannot think of another. Ray Estrada, I know it's only one game. You know, we got a whole season to go, but it's exciting to see what the rest of that season is going to look like. Uh, you talked about Anthony Rivera and Chapin on the other side. Yeah, you got to have a quarterback to get you the football. They're in a quarterback uh, battle right now. Uh, Aiden Quinn, I think that's an actor too. What was it, those old stakeout movies? I think he was the bad guy. Aiden Quinn got the early action. He's the one that threw the pick six to Blake Randag. And then you mentioned Anthony Rivera. I believe it's his brother, a sophomore, Evan Rivera. He got some snaps as well. You know, they have a little more time. Unlike 6A, they're not starting district next week. They got, you know, a few more weeks to figure it out, but uh, boy, they really need to.
0: They do. Uh, going back to El Dorado for a second, I mean, to go into Parkland as underdogs and, and just understanding where you were as a program. and Emerging with that 35-27 win, which it was kind of a come-from-behind victory for the Aztecs. That's a huge step. You talk about the 6A and how deep it really is with nine teams. That is a great uh, program-setting win to give you some momentum in the non-district part of the season to give you that confidence and say, hey, we could go out and beat some of these teams, even if we're on the road.
3: And for a team that lost their skill guys from a year ago, remember Isaiah Redison, He was their offense. And then you had a nice receiver, Andre Thomas, who, who made plays before he broke his collarbone at uh, Fort Stockton. Those were the skill guys. Those guys are gone. What are we going to do? Oh, well, you know, Estrada has has this brother who's, you know, not too bad. And uh, and boy, that's what they are. And and something you said really really does resonate. It seems that a lot of these teams, you see when a lot of teams go from 6A to 5A, or back in the day, 5A to 4A, I'm thinking of teams like Andrus. They were always in the, in the uh, uh, biggest conferences with the best teams, and then they would move down. They would still be the best but they wouldn't be as good as they used to be. And I I think we might be seeing this with Dorado. Dorado, once they moved down, remember, they had Sidarius Barfield. They're one of the best teams in the city. Top five team, three or four years running. Easy. Ruben Torres, yep. Absolutely. And and, and they kind of fell off a cliff once they went down to Super 5A. Now that they're moving back up to 6A, maybe in some sense they've they've turned their game back up. They sure looked good last week against what we assume is a pretty good Parkland team and as you said, they're able to pull out to late that 35-27 win.
0: Chapin at El Dorado. Coach Jaime Chavez will be out at that one covering the action for us following the Pebble Hills Del Valle game. Another game that caught my eye is Austin and Parkland. Joining us now out at Parkland, it'll be David Guest, one of our newest reporters we're so happy to have on with us here on Football Friday Night. David, we'll go to you uh, for the the uh, pregame uh, preview for Austin and Parkland. Take it away.
6: Thanks, Adrian. Out here at Matador Stadium. Parkland coming off a 2-8 and eight season last year. Commanded by new head coach Lee McCorder, who came over from Franklin. He was the interim coach uh, as he filled in for five games last year for Parkland. His first year here at the helm for Parkland. Uh, Parkland uh, is coming off a 35-27 to loss last week to El Dorado. DJ Crest was the leading receiver. He had 115 yards. Uh, Anthony Carrillo, the backup running back, did most of the damage for the uh, Parkland Matadors' offense. 47 yards through the air, 161 on the ground, and two touchdowns. Parkland quarterback Eric Ortiz threw two touchdown scores and two interceptions. 270 yards. So that offense coming in uh to play Austin. Austin coming off an upset last week, 18 to 15 versus Fort Stockton. They did all of their damage just about on the ground between running backs Jaden Wilson and Mark Signs, who ran for 114 yards apiece. Sines scored two touchdowns. So uh getting ready for the action to start out here at Parkland. And uh, we're looking for uh, a lot on the ground from Austin and looking for Parkland to continue that uh, torching offense through the air and on the ground
0: great stuff Dave really appreciate it and uh, we'll, we'll be sure to head out to you for some updates tonight it's Parkland going up against Austin we'll be following your Twitter page as well Dave uh, just to get some updates as well so be sure to send those over and uh, great stuff on the pregame uh, show here with us on football Friday night Yeah, I'm, I'm with Dave now the Matadors Paul I'm so curious to see how they bounce back Lee McWhorter uh, he has a dynamic offense and with all the pieces that he has over there at Parkland I'm curious to see how they bounce back and for Austin they're trying to slow this game down they're trying to make this one muddy and they're they're going to do what they always do it's the ground and pound attack the wing t offense under coach Eric Pichardo uh, this is going to be a fun one I'm curious to see who comes out of this
2: one
3: uh, yeah you said it right Parkland uh, absolutely talented Dave told you part of the story he said uh, Parkland 2-8 and eight last year that's absolutely correct sure and uh, you know shocked to see it, a tough non-district schedule. And, you know, they had to win the last couple of games to make the playoffs. But in the playoffs, who'd they run into by district? Austin, at Austin. And they went right through these guys. This is a by district rematch from a year ago. And as you said, Parkland really is loaded a lot of talent. That Cress Daniels kid is the Texas Tech commit, but he is a player. Throw the ball in his area, he's going to be able to go up and get it. Uh, We talked about Beasley, only one carry a week ago. Let's see if he gets a little more play tonight. Or maybe he just lost his job to Anthony. Carrillo, who was terrific last week, 160 yards, as you heard, 161. I think a couple of scores uh, in the El Dorado loss. But, and then you, you throw in Eric Ortiz. He threw for a lot of yards last week. That's a kid. We talked about quarterback battles with Chapin. Parkland had a quarterback battle among four different guys. Even Beasley we talked about. They direct snap to him one game last season until they figured out, uh, you know, on that Thursday night game against El Dorado with the sack, the crazy one. We talked about it a week ago. I won't bore you. But Ortiz took the job, and he ran with it from there. And and as a sophomore, looked good. And now this year as a junior, had a good opening uh, night last week against Dorado, throwing the football. You know, I think he's going to be a, a pretty good one. And, and I think the Parkland offense, at least, is going to be the better for it.
0: It's the uh, Football Friday Night Pre-Game Show presented by the El Paso Association of Builders. Let's take a timeout right now. When we come back, we'll have our closing thoughts, and we'll get you ready for some Chihuahuas baseball. After the Chihuahuas game, we'll be back in action. It'll be Bo Bagley, Paul McKinnon calling everything for the Football Friday Night Recap Show as we continue right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Final segment here on Football Friday Night Pre-Game Show presented by the El Paso Association of Bil- Builders. Remember, Football Friday Night Pregame Show is brought to you by Real Texas Builders. Learn more online at elpasobuilders.com. Let's go to our local scoreboard right now. Uh, Going on right now, it's Pebble Hills up 43-6 two minutes to go in the third quarter. Ochoa with his fourth pass- passing touchdown, his fifth total uh, touchdown tonight out at the sack and Pebble Hills looking to go up uh, 2-0 and on the season and uh, yeah, getting a huge victory against Del Valle. That one coming from Brett Bloomquist, who is live out at the sack right now. After this game, of course it is the uh, El Dorado game against uh, Chapin out at the sack. Jaime Chavez will have that one. Another game that we got in our out-of-town scoreboard which is presented by Longhorn to Distributing This courtesy of Alex Nicholas, huh. legend here on football Friday night, San Angelo Central up seven to six against Montwood. Hey, Rams hanging in there in the first quarter, Paul.
3: Yeah, I mean Central's not what it has been, but uh, neither is Montwood. A lot of guys lost. Again, another team in the midst of a quarterback battle, and you know we'll see who emerges. Exactly. Let's go back to our local scoreboard,
0: and uh, we'll run down some of the games from last night. We got to see Odessa hang forty nine points against Americas, beat them out forty nine to twenty seven. The Bronchos get another victory under their belt, and then Bel Air blanking Socorro forty eight to nothing. You were out that at that game, Paul.
3: Yeah. I I could only take about a half of it. It was it was, it was pretty ugly. Uh, Zach Martinez, I think, ran for 161. A couple more touchdowns. Uh, I think you couple that with what he do 230, 240. Week one, so already that kid's over 400 yards. Uh, just a, a power runner. But uh, the key part of the game, uh, 19 zip. Bell already up. Get the ball on their own 40-yard line with about a minute left in the game. Uh, excuse me, in the first half. And uh, Noah Moreno, a little little sprint left. Rolls left, finds Chris Davis on the left sideline. Turns it up. 80 yards later, he's all the way down at the 16-yard line. Wow. And then uh, very next play, do the exact same thing. Another sprint left. Uh, this time it was Adam Silva back of the end zone. Touchdown, two-point conversion, 27 uh, nothing go uh, at halftime good night everybody you know thanks for coming that one was uh, all but done Socorro off next week but then they start district play it's for Eddie Cano and the Socorro Bulldogs, oh, it fair. is going to be a tough road to hoe to uh, to try and score a, a victory sometime this season. Which you know, which it is every year when you figure it's Socorro, you've only won one game. I think, and probably on the field, you've won one game, not counting the forfeits during right. COVID twenty twenty. But one game in the last, I don't know what is it, uh, six years, three years of Marcus Graham, Anthony Hensley, in a couple of years, won one against El Paso High last year, and it's going to be tough uh, to get one for them as well. So good luck. To uh, Eddie Connor and those guys, Bel Air looking better than, than they've looked in a few years. As I said, I think they're uh, sniffing uh, maybe a playoff spot in that new uh, 5A district.
0: I want to get your thoughts on El Paso hosting Hanks. We didn't get a touch on this one very much. Bill Kuhn out at this one. Both teams coming in at 1-0.
3: A lot of a lot of guys coming back. Jerry, Jerry Chides, the quarterback, El Paso High. Uh, the running back, of course, they lost to Christian Carrillo from a year ago, but a lot of returning talent. And same with Hanks. I'd say the second best running back in the city behind L.J. Martin, Xavier Johnson, Hanks. Nobody talks about him because they've they've just been so bad for the last uh, couple of years. But he went for a couple of hundred yards in, in the blowout win over Bowie last week. And uh, you know, week to week, uh, he's always going to be there as long as you have something you can hang your hat on. You got to like. You got to think the Hanks Knights have a chance from. Uh, Week to week, we talked about Bel going for that last playoff spot in that 5A district. Hanks might be the team they're fighting uh, for that final spot.
0: Hey, get comfortable. We'll see you in about four hours, oh, okay? no kidding, huh? <laughs> All right, uh, that's Paul McKinnon, who's going to join us here for Football Friday Night Recap along with Bo Bagley. But for Adrian Broaddus, for Angel Munoz, who produced this show, thank you so much to, for listening. Just to run it down one more time, following the El Paso Chihuahuas broadcast with Tim Haggerty, voice of the Chihuahuas, we'll bring you the Football Friday Night Recap Show. If you want to stay up to date with all the live scores as they happen, just log on to 600 ESPN El Paso.com and click on the Football Friday Night Week 2, featuring exciting local matchup stories. Uh, in that story itself, we'll have the full scoreboard, and you could also check out our social media handle, 600 ESPN El Paso, on Twitter for all the updates. For Angel, for Paul, I'm Adrian saying so long. We'll talk to you after the Chihuahuas Baseball broadcast right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.
1: The following is an exclusive presentation of Team 600 ESPN El Paso.
2: This is Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso. Here are your hosts, Bo Bagley and Paul McKinnon.
7: Football Friday night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. I'm Bo Bagley alongside Paul McKinnon. Yes, high school football week two. We got action and we got finals from all over the borderland. Let's start in our 915 tours game of the week. Cana Tio at Coronado currently. Canateel all over Coronado in this one. We'll have an 36 to 7. We'll have an update from the Iceman, Brandon Cohn, in just a moment. Last check, Franklin was up 42 0 over Andrus in the fourth quarter. We hear that just went final. We'll have an update from Adrian Bratis and the coach, Jaime Chavez, out at the sack for the late game between Eldorado and Chapin. Chapin, up on the Aztecs, 10-7. Boy, that'd be a little upset the way the El Dorado Aztecs are playing this year. Eastwood Troopers in the Battle of El Paso and Las Cruces teams. All over the Bulldogs of Las Cruces High, 63-27 in the fourth. Hanks, up on El Paso High, 20-17 in the third. The Parkland Matadors just get a big Last-second win over the Austin Panthers, 9-7. to We'll have an update from David Guest in just a moment. And Riverside, all over the Burgess Mustangs, 54-13 in the fourth quarter. We have finals from earlier today. Pebble Hills Spartans defeated Devai 50-13. Yeah, Pebble Hills improving to 2-0 on this season. Dubai falls to 1-1. Elsewhere, Montwood Rams travel down to Central to San Angelo and face the Bobcats. Bobcats pull out a squeaker. 52 49 over the Montwood Rams. Up in Albuquerque, Rio Rancho Rams top East Lake 13 to 7. The East Lake Falcons had the ball all the way down to the Rams 17-yard line, but a turnover on downs did them in. 13 to 7, Rio Rancho tops East Lake. Also another action, Pecos all over San Eli, 12 nothing. Another action in El Paso. The Bowie Bears all over Horizon in the fourth quarter, 24-6. Mountain View all over Cathedral out at Lobo Stadium, 35-14 in the fourth. And Alamogordo all over Gadsden, 40-12 in the fourth quarter. More scores in just a moment. Let's head out to the Iceman, Brandon Cohn. And T-Bird Land hosting Canateo. Iceman, what do you got for us between Canatillo and Coronado?
4: 349 remaining in this contest at Quarles Brooks Stadium, and it's all KNT with 36 to 13 over Coronado. Coronado just got their second score of the game at the 349 mark here, just a couple of seconds ago as their running back Thomas Murray scored on a four-yard touchdown. The PAT was no good, making the score 36 to 16. But the the show of the night has been the spectacular commit L.J. Martin, who has committed to Stanford, and I understand why the young man, I have him for 19 carries, 205 yards, almost 11 yards per carry, three touchdowns, including one of the most spectacular touchdowns I've ever witnessed in 15 years of covering football Friday night, a 68-yard run in the first quarter where he literally changed position when he was rolling to his left and he decides to come back around to the right. He eludes a few tackles and then ends up basically avoiding a couple tackles to kind of ropes to sideline little gets into the end zone. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful score by L.J. Martin. So it's all Canyon Tio here in our Game of the Week Nine one five tours as the Eagles are up 36-13 over Coronado, looking for their first victory of the season.
7: Iceman, Brandy Cone out at Thunderbird, Jack Quarles, Don Brooks.
4: <laughs>
7: Thunderbird Stadium, boy, Coronado, a tough one after last week's exciting win over Chapin to start out the Mike Pry era Paul bring you in here Coronado not necessarily laying an egg canatillo finally found their groove behind LJ Martin.
3: And that's why you can't just go crazy off of one thing. Oh, look, Coronado, they beat the heck out of Chapin. They were the 5A district champs Chapin was last year, and now Coronado's all over them. Coronado's back on top. Mike Pry, yada, 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 yada. (laughs) It was a week Blake Randag had a huge game, an interception return, two touchdown receptions, uh, a, a touchdown run, the only time he didn't score in the five touches he had when he recovered a fumble. Uh, you're playing a different team tonight, and uh, it's uh, Kenny Tio, and probably a pretty angry Kenny Tio after the way Pebble Hill shut him down and shut him out last week. 23 to nothing. They came back with a vengeance. Of course, Canyatillo's a good team. We knew it last week, even when they didn't look, look so good. And I think they proved it to Coronado tonight. And oh, by the way, T Birds fans, you know, no cliffs to jump off either. You just lost to a pretty good team. Let's see what happens next week when District 6A starts.
7: Looks like Canyatillo's going to come out victorious in this. We'll get a wrap up from Brandon Cohn in just a little bit. Let's head out to Franklin's Cougar Stadium. The Franklin Cougars hosting the Andrus Eagles. This one, all Franklin. Let's head out to Adrian Brunnus for an
4: update from Cougar Stadium. Adrian. It's a final out here live at Franklin High School as the Cougars defeated Andrews High School 42 to nothing. The story of this one started before the game even kicked off. It was uh, Andrews standout athlete Malcolm Anderson who was out in this game
0: due to a high ankle sprain. Didn't play at all. The coaching staff thought he could be limited, play a
4: a couple snaps here and there. Didn't play one bit in this game. And uh, the Andrews Golden Eagles definitely felt uh, his You know, his loss in this game, you had quarterback Shea Smith who starred for the Franklin Cougars. Five total touchdowns, four through the air, one on the ground. Bo Sparks, the standout wide receiver, he actually picked off two passes as a safety for the Cougars and hauled in two receiving touchdowns. So it's all over from here, out of Franklin High School, the Cougars all over the Andrews Golden Eagles, 42 to nothing.
7: All right, Adrian, thank you very much. Franklin picking up their first win of the season while Andrews falls to 0-2. We'll get to some more stats with Adrian in just a little bit as that game just went final out at Cougar Stadium. Once again, Franklin victorious, 42-0. Hey, the Chapin Huskies looking for their first win of the year, taking on the El Dorado Aztecs the late game at the sack. It was 10-7 Chapin over El Dorado. Let's head out to the coach, Jaime Chavez, for an update from the sack. Jaime.
5: 2:43 243 left in the third quarter, we've got a tie ball game, Chapin 10 and Eldorado 10, and kicker for Eldorado, Garrick Felix, he just hit a 17-yard field goal, and that's the second score for Eldorado tonight. In the first quarter, quarterback uh, Chris Estrada threw an 8-yard uh, pass, touchdown pass to younger brother, Ryan Estrada. And the scoring for Chapin, Aiden Quinn, the quarterback, the 15 yard touchdown pass to Savion Jordan and Jovan Moreno hit a 32 yard field goal for the Chapin Huskies. Lion Estrada trying to pick up the slack for uh, El Dorado this half. He's got nine carries, 67 yards rushing, and that eight yard touchdown reception. And uh, Big Brother Quin- uh, Quincy Estrada, he's five of six and 28 yards passing. He's got four carries and 38 yards rushing. And the leaders for Chapin. Aiden Quinn, the quarterback, he's 11-15, 102 yards passing and one touchdown. Davion Singleton leads all rushers tonight. At Ten carries, or make that, or he leads all rushers for Chapin. Ten carries, 47 yards rushing. So the third quarter winding down here at the sack, 210 left in the third quarter. Tie ball game, Chapin 10, El Dorado 10.
7: All right, Coach, thank you very much. An exciting game, the late game over at the sack, tied at 10 between Chapin and El Dorado. Uh, boy, different story over at Trooper Stadium between the Eastwood Troopers and the Las Cruces Bulldogs. Lots of scoring and all one-sided, surprisingly, against one of the top teams in the state in the Las Cruces Bulldogs. But, boy, did they run into a buzzsaw today. Let's head out to Steve Escajeda for an update on Eastwood and Las Cruces High. Steve.
4: We've got 251 counting here in the ball game, and the Eastwood Troopers now only lost Cruces 63 to 35. This, that's, uh, in fact, uh, the, um, the game's been a lot worse than that. I mean, Eastwood did lead 56 to 13. Uh, Cruces have scored a couple of touchdowns here in the fourth quarter to make it a little bit closer, but still it's been all Troopers since they took a 28 to nothing lead to open the ball game. The uh, big man tonight for Eastwood, quarterback Evan Mihades. 13 out of 16 to the air, 427 yards. Okay, Count seven touchdown passes on the night. Uh, three of those going to Michael Cal- uh, Caldera, uh, the four catches, 126 yards. And their star receiver, Curtis Murillo, not too bad either. Four catches, 156 yards, and he has a couple of scores. So for each 614 total yards. In the ball game. This one's winding down, One fifty-one to go in the game. He with 63 and Las Cruces
7: 35. All right, Steve, thank you so much. Speaking of Las Cruces teams, maybe the top team in the state, your Centennial Hawks? Well, guess what? In an instant classic, La Cueva scores a touchdown with 1.1 seconds left on a short run to beat Centennial 28 21. This per the prep red zone in New Mexico. Wow, what a game as La Cueva, top Centennial, 28-21, handing Centennial their first loss of the season. So very, very tough night for uh, Las Cruces teams and everybody having uh, Oregon Mountain uh, linebacker and running back Abraham Romero on their mind. He remains in the ICU in El Paso's Children's Hospital after collapsing on the field last week. All of our thoughts and prayers are with Abraham Romero and the entire Oregon Mountain family. Uh, but really, really tough day, too, for Centennial and Las Cruces High. Steve, thank you so much once again. Eastwood all over Las Cruces High, 63-35, late in the fourth quarter. Speaking of fourth quarters, let's head out to El Paso's R.R. Jones Stadium. El Paso Tigers hosting the Hanks Knights. Let's join Bill Kuhn for an update. Bill, take it away. 10-45 left in the fourth
8: quarter. It is El Paso Tigers 23 your Hank's Knights, 20. Uh, El Paso just scored to go ahead on a six-yard run by Lorenzo Johnson for the touchdown for uh, El Paso Tigers. This game started out, Hanks started out with five starters not being able to play because of issues in the last game against Bowie. They came in, in the second half and it's not helped them much at all. Hank's uh, ended the first quarter. 135 yards rushing for Jude Blanco, uh, and a, a total of 180 yards of total offense. El Paso High came in with 66 yards rushing, uh, in the first half. And Hanks is just driving down the field for the touchdown. Number one, uh, Xavier Johnson just scores a 50-yard 50 yard touchdown yards. for Hanks. So they just been ahead of El Paso High. Real quick, El Paso High has the injury bug that's bit them tonight really bad. Six players out. One ambulance, one cast, uh, uh, in the sling, one in uh, crutches. Injury bug's really has hampered El Paso High tonight. Six players out right now. So with 10:32 left in the fourth quarter, it is Hanks Knight just going ahead 26 El Paso Tigers 23. And bo, that's
3: been a pretty wild one out there at RR uh, Jones Stadium. Uh, El Paso jumped out to a quick 10 zip lead. Uh, Jerry Chidas, the returning QB, 38-yard touchdown run. Oh, by the way, he's also the field goal kicker out yeah. there. 25-yard boot. Gave him the 10-zip lead. And then, as you heard, uh, Jude Blanco, Michael Blanco's little brother, he's a junior, 83-yard touchdown reception. That slapped Hanks back to live. Dom Casillas, a 29-yard catch to get it to 14-10 at the half. Uh, Hanks led. And as you heard, Chide is a 66-yard run. Got him back within 20-17. to 17. Uh, Johnson had a 4-yard run to boost that lead to as high as 20-10. So a 20-point run from Hanks after uh, falling down 10-zip, and then it was El Paso who came back. You just heard Johnson with a 6-yard run, 23-20, and his bill was on the air. Xavier Johnson, I called him the second-best running back behind L.J. Martin in the in the city of El Paso. A 50-yard run when it counts the most, 27-23. Hanks leads that one as uh, the clock tries to drip out. All right, we have some finals around the borderland. Eastwood, it's his final,
7: Eastwood just went uh, victorious over the Los Cruces Bulldogs, 63 35. Once again, 63 35. We'll have a wrap up from Steve Escahead in just a little bit. Other finals from the area Clint tops Isleta at the reservation, 21 14. That's a final. Also, Mountain View improves to 2 0 with a 35 14 victory over the previously undefeated Cathedral Fighting Irish. Hey, speaking of finals, what an exciting slugfest at Parkland's Matador Stadium. Let's head out to the bull ring for Austin and Parkland and join David Guest with the wrap-up. David.
6: Thanks, Bo. A slugfest for sure. All done out here at Matador Stadium. Parkland new starting running back Anthony Carrillo exited early in the first quarter with an apparent arm injury making a play on defense. Last year's 1,400-yard, 14-touchdown running back Isaiah Beasley, who had just been reassigned to starting slot receiver, was reinserted due to the running back position. But Parkland turned to the pass game with no luck. Uh, starting wide receiver uh, DJ Crest was out tonight uh, for precautionary measures while he's in concussion protocol. Austin's Running back Jaden Wilson stopped a Parkland drive in the red zone with an interception, then led a a touchdown drive capped by a one-yard run to put Austin up 7-0 with about eight minutes to go in the second quarter. The second half started 7-0 Austin. Parkland started with a heavy run game, leaning on running back Isaiah Beasley, but couldn't score until quarterback Eric Ortiz found wide receiver Fabian Cervantes for a five-yard touchdown, but kicker Adrian Loya missed the extra point, and Parkland was down 7-6. Both teams went three and out before Parkland got the ball back with a minute and 17 to go and no timeout. Quarterback Eric Ortiz made quick work of an 80-yard drive to set up kicker Adrian Loya for some redemption, and he put a 25-yard Game-winning field goal through just before time expired. Head coach, Parkland head coach Lee McWhorter gets his first win as the head coach at Parkland. Parkland victorious tonight in a thriller, 9-7 to the final.
7: All right, David, great job there. Parkland improving to 1-1 and on the season. Austin falling to 0-2. David, great job. We'll see you tonight over at our post-game hangout over at Cabo Joe's on Yarborough. A great spot for some eats and some drinks, and to talk some high school football. David, great job once again. Parkland victorious, nine to seven. Paul, your thoughts on a slugfest and in, in the way Parkland played tonight?
3: Well, again, a team bouncing back and, and adjusting on the fly. Uh, great job by Dave catching all the uh, you know the shenanigans. You know, Anthony Carrillo who's taken over at the halfback uh, slot. Isaiah Isaiah Beasley was the man last year. You heard uh, Dave say, you know, 1,400 yards on the ground. He's playing the slot this year. They're trying to open up up that offense along with the Crest Daniels kid who uh, also didn't play tonight. Uh, uh, Dave, I don't know if he mentioned it, but I talked to him earlier. I believe he said uh, concussion protocol. So Crest Daniels, another big weapon, sits out, and then – You know, uh, your running back goes down, and well, thank goodness you got Isaiah Beasley out there, who I guess he's a decent slot receiver, but he only touched the ball twice last week in that loss to uh, El Dorado. Now you can get the ball into his hands at least with Carrillo not there. Creo a huge, huge game a week ago, uh, not available this, and he's able to drive them down the field along with uh, with Ortiz, the junior quarterback, and you know they kicked the field goal at the gun, two seconds left to win that one. Uh, huge win for the mats. Remember this team that went two, two and eight last year. Uber talented, tough schedule. And, uh, but then in by district they flexed all over Austin and destroyed those guys at R.E. McKee. So, again, still talented. A lot of guys around. I think it's just good for them and especially for the new coach, uh, McWhorter, to get that win on the board. Very much getting that uh, monkey off his back in his second game. Parkland victorious
7: over Austin, 9-7. to seven. Other uh, scores to tell you about the Bowie Bears all over Horizon right now in the fourth quarter, 31-13. Wow. This game final, Fabens tops torneo. 42 nothing. Fabens now 2-0 on the young season. Let's head out to the Riverside Rangers and Burgess Mustangs at Riverfront Stadium. Join Russ Bannister. This one was all Riverside early. Let's uh, get an update from Russ. Russ, what do you got for us?
9: Okay, we have a final score of uh, Riverside 54 and Burgess 13. It was total domination on behalf of uh, Riverside. Uh, They did offensive and defensive line were outstanding and just totally shut down the Burgess Mustangs. Uh, For Riverside, Angel Munoz, he had a show by himself. He had, uh, as the quarterback, had 17 attempts, 11 uh, completions for 239 yards and one touchdown. Um, He also was the leading rusher at 11 attempts and for 40 yards and two touchdowns. So the young man, uh, the quarterback, he had a a phenomenal night for uh, the Riverside Rangers. And for Burgess, Andrew uh, Rutledge, the quarterback, he had a relatively good night. He had uh, 14 completions for 21 attempts for 87 yards. And the leading rusher for uh, Burgess was Sean Bowers. He had 11 uh, attempts for 51 yards. But the uh, defense from uh, Riverside was outstanding. They were very quick off the ball, very sure tacklers. And uh, they're uh, somebody to reckon with in the city this year. Okay, from Riverside Stadium, uh, the final score. Riverside, 54, and Burgess Mustangs, 13.
3: And both from a contest that is uh, not so lopsided back at R.R. Jones Stadium. Xavier Johnson went 50 to put Hanks on top. Lou Johnson goes 75 for the El Paso (laughs) High Tigers. Somebody's got a new toy to play with out in El Paso land. Johnson for 75 yards. uh, Extra point pending 29-27. El Paso leads uh, the Hanks Knights. Uh, we'll be out to Bill Coon soon for uh, an update on that one.
7: Absolutely crucial extra point there as uh, El Paso after that score just up 29-27. Actually, they
3: go for 2-31-27. Oh, look it, at it that. Good. that. El Paso High, 4-point spread on the Knights.
7: That could be the difference right there. We'll get out to Bill Kuhn for an update after this break. And uh, Riverside and Rest Bannister, great job out there from Riverfront Stadium. We'll see you at our post-game hot spot at Cabo Joes on Yarborough. Russ, great job as Riverside tops Burgess, 54-13. Hey, Paul, Riverside's pretty good. This analysis brought to you by Captain Obvious. (laughs) They are playing well just like last year. Riverside seems to keep improving 2-0 as Burgess falls to 0-2. Hey, we're going to take a break. You're listening to High School Football right here. Football Friday night on 600 ESPN El Paso. More action to come after this break.
0: At Brady, we provide supplies and services for cleaning professionals. From paper products to equipment, we offer a wide selection from top manufacturers. Our dedication makes our customers more successful and allows everyone we work with to truly shine. Brady is a proud supporter of the El Paso Chihuahuas. Learn more at www.bradyindustries.com. That's www.bradyindustries.com. And we'll see you at the next game.
1: For 32 years, Westar has been helping businesses grow and succeed with local financial solutions. Today, Westar offers a full range of services, from banking and wealth management to insurance and title services. Westar now offers digital products like Zelle, online account opening, digital wallet, contactless debit cards, and more. Westar's digital banking platforms give you the access to bank whenever, wherever. Westar, it's more than banking.
10: 99-calorie Budweiser Select tastes just like Budweiser, and here's head brewer Pete Kramer to prove it.
4: Does 99-calorie Budweiser Select taste like Budweiser? Yes. He passed.
10: But what if the lie detector is lying? Are you lying? No. But if you can't trust what the man who brewed 99-calorie Bud Select says while taking a lie detector test given by someone who's also taking a lie detector test... She pass. See for yourself. Bud Select. Light on calories. Heavy on taste.
11: Start achieving your home improvement goals. Give your home some extra love with a low-rate GECU home improvement loan and get a $100 gift card. Plus, you'll enjoy affordable payments in easy terms. This offer ends December 31st. Start transforming your home today. Apply now at GECU.com. Join our family and become a member today. All loans are subject to approval. Other conditions apply. Promotion and membership eligibility details at GECU.com. Equal opportunity lender.
12: This isn't your regular cola, so this isn't your regular cola ad. This is Nitro Pepsi, the first cola ever infused with nitrogen. Think an infusion of smaller bubbles for a cola that's got a lighter, smoother texture. And don't get me started on the pour. We're talking turn the can completely upside down and watch as those bubbles cascade into the glass to create a frothy, luxurious foam topping. Ah, this is cola like you've never had it before. New Nitro Pepsi, smooth, creamy. Delicious.
13: Longhorn Distributing welcomes Jared Sandberg and his coaching crew to El Paso, home for the El Paso Chihuahuas. Howdy, Lauren Hodges, owner of Longhorn Distributing, and I would like to welcome you to our store at 5516 East Paisano, where the pros shop for their detail supplies. That's because we have everything you need to keep your ride looking great. To handle those heavy duty cleaning jobs, look to our Hot Sea Pressure Washer line. We're located in the middle of El Paso, or call us at 772 9092. Longhorn Distributing.
2: You're listening to Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso. Let's go back to Bo Bagley and Paul McKinnon. Welcome
7: back to Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. A barn burner at R.R. Jones Stadium between the El Paso Tigers and the Hanks Knights. Back and forth we go. Let's go to Bill Kuhn at R.R. Jones Stadium for an update. Bill.
8: Ten minutes left to go in the game. It is Hanks Knights, 33. El Paso Tigers, 31. Hanks Knights, number one. Xavier Johnson, 51-yard run for the touchdown. So with 9.49 left in the game, it is Hanks Knights, 33. El Paso Tigers, 31.
7: Bill, thank you so much. This is back and forth. Literally, I think four touchdowns in the last 4 minutes in that game. Uh 26 it was it was 23-20 El Paso then 26-23 Hanks uh El Paso comes back to score. Now Hanks comes back to score. What a game there. We'll head back out to Bill in just a little bit. Uh, probably go back to out him in two minutes, and maybe two more touchdowns. Uh, let's uh, g- get a wrap from uh, Coronado's T-Bird Stadium. in Brandon Cone between Canetillo and Coronado, this one, all Canetillo tonight over the Thunderbirds. Iceman, take it away. Yeah, it's
4: a final Canetillo victorious, 36-20 over Coronado the Eagles move to one-and-one on the season. They will play at Austin next week in a very intriguing matchup. Their quarterback, Jeremiah Knox, 5 of 11, 49 yards, two passing touchdowns, eight carries, 62 yards, one rushing touchdown. The story of the night was their running back, L.J. Martin, the Stanford commit, 19 carries, 205 yards, and that's really through about three quarters of work, didn't play really much in the second half. Three touchdowns, including... The stunning 68 yard TD in the first quarter. Coronado, they fall to one and one now. They will be at Franklin next uh, Thursday night at the Sun Bowl. Their quarterback, Owen Levesque, 8 of 26, 129 yards, 1 TD, also 15 carries, uh, 102 yards on the ground. Running back, Cade Little, 17 carries, 119 yards, 1 touchdown. Their other running back, Thomas Murray, did have a late touchdown and wide out, Carson Golding, 4 receptions for. Fifty-seven yards. A final here at Quarles Brooks Stadium. An emotional game for Coach Scott Brooks, coming back for the first time since his late great father, Don Brooks, passed away last fall. Getting the victory here at the stadium named for his late great father. It's teo thirty-six to twenty over Coronado.
7: All right, Brandon. Thank you very much. An emotional game, I'm sure for for Scott Brooks, Kenyatteo head coach. Once again, there at Jack Quarles Don Brooks Thunderbird Stadium as Kenyatteo tops. Coronado, thirty six twenty Iceman, thank you so much. Great job. We'll see you over at a postgame spot over at Cabo Joe's on Yarborough. For another wrap-up from Cougar Stadium, let's head out to Adrian Bradis and get that final uh, wrap-up from Franklin and Andrus as it was all Franklin tonight. Adrian, take it away.
4: Thank you, guys. It is uh, a final. Franklin defeated Andrus 42 to nothing. To improve to one and one on the season while the golden Eagles dropped to Oh and two. Let's start with Andrews. First off, they came into this game with no Malcolm Anderson. Remember that's their standout all, all around athlete who is committed to play at army. Instead, they had to be too reliant on their quarterback and Elias Duncan. And I like Elias Duncan a lot because he's able to throw the ball through the air and run the ball on the ground. But he was, he was simply asked to do too much in this game Two other guys to kind of note for the Andrews Golden Eagles moving forward, Isaiah Owens, Sean Owens. The two athletes are really, uh, you know, they're featured heavily across the Andrews Golden Eagles offense. Those are guys to look out for uh, in the coming weeks, especially if Malcolm Anderson is not back. Now let's go on the Franklin side of things. Uh, Standout wide receiver, Bo Sparks. We know what kind of an athlete he really is, but he got it done today defensively. Two interceptions as a safety for the Cougars. Uh, in an absolute amazing game by him, also caught two touchdown passes. And now let's talk a little bit about Shea Smith. Uh, he overthrew a couple passes in this one, but the talent is there. The classy 2024 prospect, uh, the junior standout who has been, um, already offered by the likes of Texas Tech and UTEP through, uh, had, uh, had four. Touchdown passes and a rushing score as well in this game. Just just a great come-out party for Shea Smith as he takes the reins at the quarterback position. Remember, he had that job back in 2020 uh, in the pandemic-shortened season. And then Cameron Bird took the reins at quarterback last year. Well, Shea Smith is back this year as, as a junior as the starting quarterback for the Cougars. And he led the way in a big, big, big way for uh, this Franklin team. So they improved to one-and-one Arnado next week, like Iceman mentioned, in the Westside Bowl. And for Andrus, they take on Del Valle next week at home, trying to get their first win of the season as they are 0-2 going into next week. But that'll do it for me. And then, again, a final out of Franklin High School, the Cougars, 42, and the Golden Eagles, nothing.
7: All right, Adrian, thank you very much. Great job out there at Cougar Stadium. Franklin getting their first win of the season, Andrus Falls, to 0-2.
3: Other big games out there as well. We haven't gotten to the out-of-town scoreboard, but just came across this one, and, I mean, it is the Internet, but huge. Amarillo-Tascosa, 48, Midland Legacy, 27. Whoa, Amarillo-Tascosa, hey. 5A team these days. Of course, Midland Lee. Uh, or Expected to be Midland Legacy, excuse me, expected to be uh, the king of that 2 6 A district. Uh, Permian probably has some obje- objections to that, but uh, a huge victory for Tascosa in Amarillo. Uh, 48-27 over Midland Legacy. Wow.
7: Very much. We'll get to our Longhorn Distributing out-of-town scoreboard after the next break. Hey, we got a final from Trooper Stadium. Eastwood Troopers all over the Bulldogs of Las Cruces High today. Let's get the wrap-up from Steve Escajeda at Trooper Stadium. Steve.
4: Yeah, you're right, uh, boy. It was uh, a, a white ball from the very beginning. Eastwood all over Las Cruces, 63-35. to 35, And this game wasn't even that close, to be honest with you guys. The uh, Bulldogs fall to 0-2 on the season. Uh, they were led by uh, their running back, David Barilla. Great ball game. 23 carries, 198 yards, three touchdowns for the uh, big running back. Their quarterback, uh, Matt uh, Lashie, uh, 6 out of 10 through the air for 126 yards. He had a touchdown pass and a pick tonight, and their top receiver, Jacob Mays, caught three balls for 85 yards, and that one touchdown reception. For the Troopers, uh, they improved to 1-1. One and one. Uh, They were a little on the ground by Max uh, Mancia. Six carries, 89 yards, and a touchdown. The man of the night, Evan Minhadis, their quarterback, he uh, completed 13th passes tonight over half of those were for touchdowns 13 out of 16 through the air 427 yards seven touchdown passes he did have one pick on the night uh he's got to do something wrong right uh his top uh, receivers were curtis uh, murillo who else four catches but 156 yards and two scores uh, michael caldera four catches 126 yards and three scores for him Uh, Team-wise, Eastwood outgaining Las Cruces 623 to 423. Las Cruces 297 on the ground, 126 through the air for their 423. Eastwood, not bad at running the ball tonight, 196 yards. But again, those 427 through the air, 623 altogether. Uh, Again, Eastwood, a big uh, bounce, uh, bounce back one. Boy, they allowed 66 last week. They scored 63 tonight. We'll find out what happens next week when uh, Eastwood will take on Pimple Hills next Friday at the SAC. uh, It'll be a 4 o'clock start. So it's all done here on the east side of El Paso. Eastwood, early, often, and always over Las Cruces, 63 to 35.
7: All right, Steve, thank you so much. Great job out there from Trooper Stadium. What a game there. Nearly 100 points scored in that one. We'll see you at our post-game get-together over at Cabo Joe's on Yarborough. Steve, great job. Uh, hey, last check at the sack between Chapin and El Dorado. Game was tied at 10 in the third quarter. Let's head of the coach, Jaime Chavez, for an update on
5: Chapin and El Dorado. Coach. Six left in the fourth quarter. It is now El Dorado, 17, and Chapin, 10. Colorado quarterback, Quincy Estrada, just scored on a one-yard run, and the extra point is good. Estrada, five carries tonight, 40 yards rushing, passing, six of eight, 40 yards in the air. And younger brother, Ryan Estrada, he's closing in on 100 yards. He's got 13 carries tonight and, and 97 yards. And Quincy Estrada also threw an eight-yard touchdown pass to his younger brother, Ryan Estrada, in the first half. And Garrick Felix for El Dorado has a 17-yard field goal, the scoring for Chapin. Aiden Quinn, a 15-yard touchdown pass to Savion Jordan. And Jovan Moreno had a 32-yard field goal for the Chapin Huskies. 4:15 left in the fourth quarter here at the sack. It's El Dorado. 17 and Chapin 10.
7: All right, coach, great job out there. Going to be an exciting one between the Aztecs and the Huskies out at the sack, the late game at the sack. And what were we just telling you before? Another touchdown from R.R. Jones Stadium. Let, let's go to it. Let's head out to Bill Kuhn, get an update on Hanks Knights and the El Paso Tigers. Bill.
8: Five minutes and 40 seconds left in the game. It is El Paso Tigers, 39, Hanks Knights, 33. Lorenzo Johnson, six-yard romp into the end zone. And then a two-point conversion by Lorenzo Johnson uh, keeps El Paso ahead. So with five minutes, 25 seconds left in the game, El Paso Tigers 39, Hanks Knights 33.
3: And it's the battle of Johnsons out at uh, R.R. Jones. Xavier Johnson for Hanks and then Lou Johnson for El Paso. Back and forth, back and forth. Back and
7: forth, and early on, maybe the defense needs to be worked on a little bit here at R.R. Jones Stadium. Uh, Lack of it right now, but an exciting game nonetheless between the Hanks Knights and El Paso Tigers. You can't stop them. You can (laughs) only
3: hope to contain them, Bo Bagley.
7: We're going to take a break and head back out to Bill Coon from R.R. Jones Stadium. You're listening to Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.
2: Get in zone,
12: AutoZone Welcome to AutoZone What are you working on today? Ah, starting trouble No one likes that We'll get you set up for some stronger starts You might just need a fresh charge And we'll take care of that free of charge But if it is time for a new battery We've got replacement batteries that'll fit your needs Starting at just $69.99 you can learn more about our battery selection at autozone.com. That's what makes us America's number 1 battery destination.
2: Get
12: zone, Autozone. Claim based on data from the NPD Group 2021.
1: For 32 years, Weststar has been helping businesses grow and succeed with local financial solutions. Today, Weststar offers a full range of services from banking and wealth management to insurance and title services. Westar now offers digital products like Zelle, online account opening, digital wallet, contactless debit cards and more. Westar's digital banking platforms give you the access to bank whenever, wherever. Westar, it's more than banking.
10: 99 calorie Budweiser Select tastes just like Budweiser and here's head brewer Pete Kramer to prove it.
4: Does 99 calorie Budweiser Select taste like Budweiser? Yes. He passed.
10: But what if the lie detector is lying? Are you lying? No. But if you can't trust what the man who brewed 99-calorie Bud Select says while taking a lie detector test given by someone who's also taking a lie detector test... She passed. See for yourself. Bud Select. Light on calories. Heavy on taste.
11: Start achieving your home improvement goals. Give your home some extra love with a low-rate GEC home improvement loan and get a $100 gift card. Plus, you'll enjoy affordable payments in easy terms. This offer ends December 31st. Start transforming your home today. Apply now at GECU.com. Join our family and become a member today. All loans are subject to approval. Other conditions apply. Promotion and membership eligibility details at GECU.com. Equal opportunity lender.
12: This isn't your regular cola, so this isn't your regular cola ad. This is Nitro Pepsi, the first cola ever infused with nitrogen. Think an infusion of smaller bubbles for a cola that's got a lighter, smoother texture. And don't get me started on the pour. We're talking turn the can completely upside down and watch as those bubbles cascade into the glass to create a frothy, luxurious foam topping. Ah, this is cola like you've never had it before. New Nitro Pepsi, smooth, creamy, delicious.
13: Longhorn Distributing welcomes Jared Sandberg and his coaching crew to El Paso, home for the El Paso Chihuahuas. Howdy, Lauren Hodges, owner of Longhorn Distributing, and I would like to welcome you to our store at 5516 East Paisano, where the pros shop for their detailed supplies. That's because we have everything you need to keep your ride looking great. To handle those heavy-duty cleaning jobs, look to our Hot sea Pressure Washer line. We're located in the middle of El Paso, or call us at 772-9092. Longhorn
2: Distributing. You're listening to Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso. Let's go back to Bo Bagley and Paul McKinnon. Welcome back to Football
7: Friday Night. We have some final scores over the Borderland The Jefferson Silver Foxes. Top, the Urban Rockets 31-14. Jeff improves to 2-0. Also, the Bowie Bears get their first win of the season. Topping Horizon, 31-20. Uh, elsewhere, down in 1A, Anthony topping Hot Springs. Boy, Anthony improving to 2-0. Anthony winning this, 42-6. Also, Gadsden falling to Alamogordo, 54-12. Hey, let's get out to Bill Kuhn. I'm sure about two more touchdowns were scored at R.R. Jones Stadium. Let's get an update from Bill Kuhn on Hanks in El Paso High. Bill.
8: Three minutes, 30 seconds left of the game. And believe it or not, there has been no score, uh, update in score. It is uh, El Paso Tigers, 39, Hank Knight 33. But Hank Knights is driving down the field. They are on the eight-yard eight line, 78 yards by Xavier Johnson, all Xavier Johnson in this series of downs. Entry on the field with three minutes, 29 seconds left. In the game, it is El Paso Tigers 39, Hank Knights driving 33.
7: All right, Bill, thank you so much. What an exciting game there. You got the matchup of the night right now and uh, an exciting one at R.R. Jones Stadium. We'll head back to you in a little while for an update. Uh, hey, elsewhere, final scores from all over the borderland, an exciting night in our nine one five Tours Game of the Week. The Canateo Eagles topped the previously undefeated Coronado T-Birds 36-20. Also, 915 Tours, a division of Classic Elegance Coaches, is providing the best travel packages from El Paso to Dallas for Cowboys home games. They're getting ready for the season opener against the Bucs. Packages include round-trip travel, hotel stay in Dallas at the Omni, an ultimate fan experience tailgate, a meet-and-greet with a player, and, of course, your ticket to watch the Dallas Cowboys. Game of the Week brought to you by 915 Tours. Elsewhere in 6A, the Franklin Cougars top the Eagles 42-0. Eastwood, all over Las Cruces, 63-35. Parkland, with a last-second field goal, topping the Austin Panthers, 9-7. Riverside, all over the Burgess Mustangs, 54-13. Earlier today, Pebble Hills, topping Del Valle, 50-13. Motwood came back against Central, but tough game in St. Angelo. The Bobcats of St. Angelo Central topping the Mottwood Rams, 52 49 got down to the 17 yard line, but a turnover on downs and that does them in as they fall to Rio Rancho 13 to seven Clint topping his 21 14 Bowie all over horizon 31 20 Jefferson topping Irvin 31 14 Pecos defeats San Elizario 12 nothing Cathedral and Mountain View, a battle of 1-0 teams. The Lobos come out on top, topping the Fighting Irish 35-14. Anthony over Hot Springs, 42-6. Alamogordo all over Gadsden, 54-12. Fabens topping Tornillo, 42-0. And La Cueva, a last-second touchdown over the Centennial Hawks, wow. the number one team in New Mexico. La Cueva defeats Centennial 28 28- 21. Now time for our
3: Longhorn Distributing out-of-town scoreboard. Let's go to Paul McKinnon. And that was at Lequeville, by the way. I bet they had the refs. (laughs) I bet they had the refs with them. I hear some horror stories from uh, going on the road in New Mexico. Is that anyway. the truth? Ah, speaking of on the road, Legacy went to Amarillo and had their own horror story. Amarillo Tascosa takes down Midland Legacy, forty-eight to twenty-seven. Uh, Tascosa's tub. Uh, we still got to call that one an upset. Elsewhere, Permian takes uh, gets rid of Midway, twenty to nothing. Of course, San Angelo Central-Montwood, you ran that score 52-49. I know Central's not what they used to be, that, but that would have been a monumental win, especially for the confidence of uh, the young Montwood Ram team. 52-49, they fall to 0-2, Central now 1-1. Lubbock Cooper last we had a halftime score against Friendship. Again, this shouldn't happen, but Cooper up 17-14 at the half. Uh, the Internet, they dropped so many. Talk about a, a terrific game. Ryder comes from behind, 30-24. to 24. They beat uh, Decatur in overtime. Pamp over Plainview, 25-21. Andrews smashes Monahans. Monahans may be in a bit of a, a down year. Remember, they beat Riverside first month of the season last year, but Andrews uh, really handles them uh, uh, tonight. Maybe speaks of uh, how tough Andrews is going to be. Remember, they're in District <coughs> 2, 4A. Our 4As, will see them in the uh, first round of the playoffs. And finally, as you mentioned, Pecos takes out San Eli, 12 to nothing. How sweet that would have been for San Eli to find a way to uh, squeeze that one out. They came close, but no cigar. 12-zip, Pecos over San Eli, and that, your out-of-town scoreboard. Our
7: out-of-town scoreboard brought to you by Longhorn Distributing, the only hot seat dealer in West Texas and Southern New Mexico. Your source for cleaning equipment, service, and supplies. Longhorn Distributing, 5516 East Paisano Drive in El Paso. Hey, we got a barn burner at the sack between Chapin and El Dorado. Let's head out to the coach, Jaime Chavez, for an update. Coach.
5: 103, left in the fourth quarter. It is now El Dorado 20. And Chapin 10, an El Dorado kicker, Garrick Phoenix, he just kicked a 38-yard field goal. And the uh, Aztecs drive, they're moving the ball crisply and taking some time off the clock. The the drive stalled uh, right at about the 22-yard line. So Felix comes in and kicks his second field goal of the night with room to spare with a a 38-yarder just a few moments ago. He also kicked a 17-yard field goal in the first quarter. And uh, the scoring for, uh, other scoring for El Dorado, Estrada, a one-yard touchdown run. He also threw an eight-yard touchdown pass to younger brother Ryan Estrada. Ryan Estrada tonight, 13 carries and 120 yards rushing. And for Chapin, Aiden Quinn, a 15-yard touchdown pass to Savion Jordan, and Jovan Moreno kicked a 32-yard field goal for the Chapin Huskies. So this, uh, we've got a kick... Felix just kicked the ball out of bounds, and it looks like uh, we're going to re-kick. We've got about we've got 103 left right here in the fourth quarter, and it's desperation time for Chapin. They're down 20-10, to 10, and they're out of timeouts. El Dorado has two timeouts, and it looks like they'll have to move the ball back for uh, Garrett Felix and uh, special teams at El Dorado. He's going to kick the ball from the 35-yard line, and we've got 103. The clock has stopped 103 left in the fourth quarter. Right here at the sack with El Dorado leading Chapin twenty
7: to ten. All right, Coach. Thank you so much. Uh, once again, twenty to ten, El Dorado over Chapin with a minute to go. Looks like Chapin's had some opportunities, but the El Dorado defense has really stepped up in this one. Paul, your thoughts as El Dorado looks to improve to two and zero, Chapin falling to zero and two. El Dorado might have finding their groove right now behind that defense.
3: Oh, the defense this week and it was the offense last week. So you got both sides that are feeling, uh, you know, maybe pretty good about themselves. They're going to need to feel pretty good because 6A is coming and there's a lot of dogs in their district this year. Speaking of dogs, a couple of them out on the field at R.R. R. Jones Stadium. <laughs> uh, Hank Snides got down all the way to, I think, the fourth and four. And uh, I think Bill Coon is uh, waiting to tell us all about it.
7: Absolutely. Let's head out back to R.R. Jones Stadium, join Bill Kuhn for an update on this exciting game between the Hanks Knights and El Paso
8: Tigers. Bill? Two minutes, 10 seconds left in the fourth quarter. It's El Paso Tigers, 39, Hanks Knights, 33. Hanks was just on the four-yard line, fourth down. Uh, Xavier Johnson went to the two-yard line, flag on the field, and I'm trying to find out what the thing was. Dead ball, personal foul for El Paso High on the two yard line. So, with two minutes, 10 seconds left, uh, left in the game, it's El Paso Tigers 39, Hanks Knights 33. It looks like Hanks will not be able to get the ball back. Uh, El Paso does not have another timeout left. They spent all their timeouts in the third quarter. So, It'll be first
3: and ten from the one yard line for El Paso Tigers. Uh, uh, Bill, uh, clarify on that one. I thought you said. Uh, did you say Xavier Johnson carried, or are we on to Lou Johnson in El Paso now? No, if, Xavier Johnson carried down to the two yard line. Well, if there was a tackle if if there was a personal foul, unless they called it dead ball, that would be half the distance. It, first and goal from the one. So there's sa- dead
8: ball foul. So it they're saying it's the post
3: possession. That's uh, like yeah. that's the rage these days. Bo Bagley drives me insane. Sure. So the guy hit the ground, yeah. and the play is over. And now you can stomp on his head, and you still get the ball, <laughs> and you're going to get a one yard penalty. Big friggin' whoop! What is that? <laughs> and when did they start doing it? It's been the last four or five years, and I've had enough recent. of
7: it. Uh, pretty, pretty recent, but still, what a game there between uh, Hanks and El Paso High. Bill, uh, do you have more for us?
8: Yeah, Lou Johnson just ran the ball for five yards. Uh, so it's going to be second down and uh, six uh, for the El Paso Tigers and deep in their own end zone.
7: And how much time left in this game?
8: One minute, 30 seconds left. And H- Hanks only has one timeout left. So I think this is pretty well much over with unless there's a big mistake
7: Okay, hang on the phone. We're going to talk a little bit about more scores in the area. But, Bill, thank you very much. Looks like El Paso can really run out the clock in on this one, get a first down, and this game's over. El Paso High. And Hanks' Knights both one and zero coming into this game.
3: Yeah, the only thing I'd say if they can uh, hold them, if they do have a uh, timeout still, if it's a second second down at about five, if they can three and out them, that's one timeout. Then take another about forty seconds off the clock. They punt the ball away. Hanks could conceivably get the football uh, on their side of uh, midfield, and they have been able to throw the ball. It's been Xavier Johnson late, but remember Jude Blanco had I don't know what it was a seventy-two yard touchdown reception earlier and and, and i think uh, uh dom Carrillo had uh, like a 29 yarder as well so they have had some success marcus portis uh, a junior two-year quarterback at, uh, at hank so you know they can't put it up in the air they may have a shot at this thing with seconds left absolutely
7: we'll head out to bill in just a moment we have yeah. another final from the land of enchantment santa teresa topping lovington 52 39. That's Santa Teresa's first victory of the year. And wanting to remind you visit 600 com for recaps, photos by Prep One, and final scores for Football Friday Night. Make sure to subscribe to the Football Friday Night on demand for the replay of each show. Football Friday Night on Demand is available wherever you get your podcasts. Let's head back out to Bill Kuhn at RR Jones Stadium get an update. About a minute and a half left. El Paso High up on Hanks by six. Bill, what do you have for us?
8: One minute, 13 seconds left. El Paso High is on the six-yard line. It's third and six. Quarterback Caleb Dominguez coming in, filling in for starting quarterback, uh, Hands the ball off to Lou Johnson. He's going to be short by about two yards. So it's going to be fourth down and two for El Paso High. Let's see what they do here. Timeout by Hanks. So there's no timeouts left on either side. 52 seconds left here in the fourth quarter. Hanks has called their final timeout with the ball on the 11-yard line, about a two-yard uh, pick up for El Paso High. If they go for it, they're going to have to punt it here.
3: And, Bill, you mentioned this to me already. Uh, this is where it really hurt El Paso High. Jerry Chide is their terrific quarterback, uh, two-year starter, senior, 66-yard touchdown run tonight, uh, led, led the go-ahead drive. Uh, and also their kicker, by the way, injured, as you said, a backup quarterback when you get the ball first and goal on your own one and you got the backup quarterback in there. Uh, none of that is good. They probably did the smart thing. Keep it conservative. Maybe you don't get your first down. Now we're going to punt it away and try and let the defense win this thing. But Hanks is going to get this thing maybe on El Paso's uh, inside their 40 and still going to have over a minute to try and get this thing done. Of course, they do need a touchdown. Down six. Uh, field goal is not going to do them any good. Nice job by head coach Jason Blair. Here we go. 52 time, seconds uh, left. Uh, time commitment. Okay, let's go game. back to you, Bill. 52
8: seconds left in the game. Uh, it looks like that uh, – El Paso Highs will go for it. They'll probably give it to Lou Johnson. They do give it to Lou Johnson. He runs off to the right side of the field and it looks like he's short by a foot. Wow. Wait wait could could be a fumble on the play. There's pile up at the 12 yard line. We're still waiting for the ro- officials to call what's going on. That's the amazing. Calls timeout.
7: Bill, so El Paso had the ball in the six yard line. Their own, it was their own six. Their own six, third and six, and they handed off. Oh, wait, that was a fourth down. They handed that off. That was
8: fourth down, right.
7: And stop short a possible fumble, so Hanks could get the ball back here with a minute to go, with 50 seconds to go.
8: Oh, so my the, gosh. The, the referee's on the field holding the ball still. They will be coming out, bringing out the change to measure if they got the first down or not. It is four, 43 seconds left in the fourth quarter. It is El Paso's high, 39. Hanks' Knights, 33. Here comes the change. Looking, they got the first down. Wow! El Paso Tigers got the first down by inches. So that's really going to be it. But uh, what a game out here on both sides of the ball. I think El As Paul El- said it was a Johnson Bowl. All of El
7: Paso needs. To, El Paso High needs to go
3: to Vegas right now. D- don't go home. <laughs> just go straight to Vegas. And they shouldn't have been measuring for the first down. What they should have been measuring was Ray Aguilar's inseam. <laughs> wow. But that—that that is. Maybe the gutsiest call in the history of calls. Fourth and five or six from your own six-yard line, and you went for it, and you ran it, and you got it. Just absolutely amazing.
7: Hanks, no more timeouts. Clock should run. Uh, Bill, count us down here as this uh, stadium must be going nuts right now.
8: Uh, everybody's up on their feet here at R.R. R. Jones Stadium. The ball is down. The referees are out of the way. It's 43 seconds left. Victory formation. The ball has been kneeled. It's now down to 39 seconds as as it's going. in. the referee calls a penalty, an offside, false start on El Paso High. So we're going to drag this out a little bit more with 35 seconds left. El Paso High, false start. So. Victory formation for the El Paso High Tigers.
3: These guys could even take a safety in a pinch if they needed to. Changes six They're, to four. Still yeah. need a touchdown to beat them. But, wow, what a call
7: yeah. by Ray Aguilar. Caleb, to go Caleb Dominguez
8: it. just kneels the ball down again. 24 is seconds. El Paso's running off the field right now. Hank's really dejected. They were in this game. They had... The lead going into the second half and was in the lead for most of the game. But El Paso just kept on coming back, even with all the entries that they had. El Paso high as it's going down four, three, two, one, It's final here at R.R. Jones Stadium. It's El Paso Tigers 39, Hank Knights 33. And Bo Bagley, just wow.
3: because it worked. <laughs> does not make it a great call uh, i don't know but ray aguilar is going to be <laughs> sli- i don't know
7: if he's going to be on the edge or that th- they barely made that or sleeping well tonight but yep. his el paso high tigers improving to 2-0 and on this season topping the hanks
3: knights 39-33 and bill said the crowd was all standing they would have been standing there with torches if that fourth and six comes comes up short. The one thing I'll say is, is Ray Aguilar probably knows his personnel a lot better than I do. Chide, as we know, is the kicker. Maybe he's the punter as well. Maybe there's nobody else. He looked up and down his bench and said, I don't have, I don't have a guy who could kick it more than six yards anyway, so we might as well just go for this thing. That's all I can figure.
7: What a game. And what a wow. game over at the sack. El Dorado, the Aztecs force a turnover on downs by the Chapin Huskies. The El Dorado gets the ball back, looking to run the clock out with a minute left. We're going to take a break here. We'll head back out for a wrap up with Bill Coon and Coach Jaime Chavez over at the Sack. You're listening to Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. ESPN El Paso. I'm Bo Bagley, alongside Paul McKinnon. We have a final at the Sack. El Dorado tops Chapin, twenty to ten. A slugfest, but that El Dorado Aztec defense holds up for a final wrap up. Let's go out to Coach Jaime Chavez at the Sack with this update from Chapin and El Dorado. Coach. The
5: final in the nightcap at the sack. El Dorado 20 and Chapin 10. El Dorado quarterback, Quincy Estrada, a one-yard touchdown run. He also threw an eight-yard touchdown pass to younger brother, Ryan Estrada. Ryan Estrada, 13 carries, the freshman, 13 carries, 120 yards rushing tonight. And then the the golden leg for uh, the uh, El Dorado, El Dorado Aztecs, Garrett Felix, two field goals, field goals of 38 and 12 yards. Quarterback Estrada, he was uh, 6 of 8, 40 yards passing, 5 carries and 40 yards rushing. For Chapman, quarterback Aiden Quinn, a 15-yard touchdown pass to Savion Jordan, and Jovan Moreno hit a 32-yard field goal. Quinn, 13 of 22, 135 yards in the air, one touchdown. And one INT. Running back Davion Singleton, 13 carries, 61 yards. 61 yards rushing. Eldorado, they're 2-0 now. They'll take on Eastlake next week. And Chapin, they've got a bye next week. They'll be they'll be at Parkland two weeks from tonight. Once again, the final from the sack. Hildorado 20 and Chapin 10.
9: All
7: right, coach, thank you so much. Great job from the Student Activities Complex 20 to 10. El Dorado over Chapin. El Dorado improves to 2-0 on this season. Chapin falls to 0-2. Coach, great job. We'll see you at our post-game hotspot. Cabo Joe's on Yarborough. Great place for eats and treats and drinks. Hey, let's head out to Bill Coon. Boy, the El Paso Tigers scored 29 points after halftime. They can earn a squeaker victory over the Hanks Knights. 39 33 let's head out to bill coon for the wrap up bill
8: hey, you're right 39 hank sorry al paso high 39 hank's nights 33 uh it was a johnson bowl xavier johnson finished the night with 246 yards with hank's knife lou johnson not a not a bad night for lou johnson 172 yards on the night uh Caleb Dominguez came in for uh, Jerry Jair, uh, which I'm looking at right now on the field. He is on crutches right now, so looks like he's going to be out for a while. But Caleb came in and did a great job filling in, threw two touchdowns and really helped El Paso High come out and come out on top of Hank Knights. So it's a final here at R.R. Jones Stadium. It's El Paso Tigers, 39, Hank Knights 33.
7: All right, Bill, thank you so much. Great job out there from R.R. Jones Stadium. What a win for the El Paso High Tigers, improving to 2-0. And what a call by head coach Ray Aguilar, going for it on fourth and six at your own six-yard line with 45 seconds to go, barely get the first down. Otherwise, it would have been a turnover on downs. Hanks would have gotten the ball right there with plenty of time. Uh, But uh, Ray Aguilar, the call of the year, don't you think, Paul? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe even even just week two, it's got to be even through week 12. There's got to
3: be a better way to phrase that than uh, call of the year. Uh, Crazy call of the year, maybe, but sometimes crazy works, and it did there. As I said, there had to be something else in the works that Ray Aguilar's thinking about. Uh, He's worried about his deep snapper. He's worried about his punter. It's got to be a personnel issue because on – No planet, is that a good call, or does it make any sense? But did it work out? It absolutely did. And uh, wow, El Paso 2-0 going into into week three. Huge. Absolutely
7: amazing. What a call for Ray Aguilar and the El Paso Tigers improving to 2-0 on the young season. We're going to take a break. We have final scores from all over the borderland. That'll be next. You're listening to Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Let's go back to Bo Bagley. And Paul McKinnon. Welcome back to Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. We have final scores from all over inside. the fan land. Auto- and your AutoZone scoreboard, I guess. Here we go in 6A, Franklin tops Andrus 42 0. Eastwood all over Las Cruces High 63 63- 0. 35 pebble Hills in the early matinee today at the sack pebble Hills all over Delvai 50 to 13. Motwood falls in a close one to San Angelo central 52 49. Americus falls to Odessa on Thursday, 49 27 in 5a. Uh, Canateo topping Coronado 36 20 big win for the Canateo Eagles. Chapin in El Dorado, the night game at the sack El Dorado, Oliver Chapin, 20-10, a slugfest. Really nice job by the Aztecs' defense. El Paso High holds on to defeat Hanks, 39-33. Parkland gets a game-winning field goal to top Austin, 9-7. And Riverside, Oliver Burgess, 54-13. Elsewhere, up in the land of enchantment, Eastlake falls to Rio Rancho, 13-7. Isleta falling to Clint, 21-14. Big win for the Clint Lions. Bowie all over the horizon, 31-20 for their first victory of the season. Jefferson defeats Irvin, 31-14. Mountain View and Cathedral, a battle of unbeatens. Mountain View defeats the Fighting Irish, 35-14. Pecos all over San Eli, 12-0. Fabens tops Torneo, 42-0. Centennial. Up in Las uh, La Cueva, up in Albuquerque. Wow. La Cueva comes back. It's a last-second touchdown. The top Centennial, 28-21. Santa Teresa tops Lovington, 52-39. Alamogordo, Oliver Gadsden, 54-12. Anthony proves to 2-0, topping Hot Springs, 42-6. And Hatch Valley tops Tularosa, 42 41-7. to 7. That's your football Friday night scoreboard. Let's head out to our senior player of the game, brought to you by the Greater
3: El Paso Football Showcase. Paul. And I don't think there's any doubt about this one, not just the senior player of the night. I think the player of the night, Lorenzo Johnson, the senior, three touchdowns last week against Gadsden, and put up three touchdowns in about three minutes tonight. What was it? A six-yard run to take a uh, 23-20 lead. A 75-yard run gave him a 31-27 lead. And then a six-yard run to cap at 39-33. Hanks drove down inside the five-yard line late. Got all the way to the, to the two. But uh, the El Paso defense and some uh, interesting play calling working together for the El Paso High Tigers. Uh, to their good, 39-33, they come away with a win, 2-0. and And the biggest reason was Mr. Johnson, a senior, not on this team last year. They definitely have a new toy to play with. And the way that district is shaking out this year, especially after what uh, Riverside did to Burgess tonight, You got El Paso High, you got Jeff, you got Burgess, and you even have Chapin who's fallen and maybe can't get up after two weeks of play. Maybe fighting for those final couple of uh, playoff berths. It should be interesting in that District 1 5A Division 2 this season. Loranze Johnson just made it a lot more interesting with his performance tonight, beating Hanks.
7: Boy, electrifying over at R.R. Jones Stadium, that senior player of the game brought to you by the Greater El Paso Football Showcase. Now, senior football players, remember, you must have your SAT-ACT results submitted by December 1st to be eligible for the Combine and the All-Star game. Go to 915showcase.com and the social media pages to see the weekly top five performers, scores, and stats of teams and players, and more. Now time for our top athlete, athlete brought to you by Taco Avocado.
13: Because they are so monumental. It's fantastic. And Serena Williams, one of the best
7: and they're talking about Serena Williams. Oh, a tough loss today. She's a, a top athlete over her career. She's the GOAT of all time. But you know. she's Female not table, but cause.
3: she is not the best tonight <laughs> in no, high school it's. football. That's going to go to Evan Minhatis, Me- <smart> M- Me- Me- the new Eastwood quarterback, threw for 417 yards, <gasps> seven big touchdowns had some seniors of his own that uh, caught some touchdowns between Michael Caldetta and uh and uh those those other kids Caldetta caught a couple and Wow. Every, everybody caught one for Easter tonight. <laughs> of course. But the guy throwing them was Evan Minhatis, the brand-new quarterback for the Eastern Troopers. Wasn't really able to show out last week against South Lake Carroll, because, oh, by the way, they're pretty good. But tonight against the Las Cruces team that, that we assume is uh, is decent competition. I mean, Hattest and that Eastwood passing game just ripped them to shreds. And if you're a quarterback, you want to play
7: for Coach Julio Lopez in that passing Ooh, game. Boy, no they kidding, like throw right? throw up
3: some numbers up there. Boy, a top athlete.
7: One. Brought to you by Taco Avocat. Need a new spot to try? Experience Taco Avocat. For feel-good fast food, family packs available for the big game, or stop by their drive-thru and grab Taco Avocat to go. Dine in at 2114 North Zaragoza or order online at tacoavocado.com. So we got some big games. We got some eligible games for our 915 Tours Game of the Week next week. How about Eastwood and Pebble Hills? Pebble Hills undefeated. Both teams can put up some points. That game, 4 p.m. at the sack next week. That's a great one. Or El Dorado and Eastlake. Eastlake coming off a really tough loss at Rio Rancho today. That's the nightcap at the sack uh, next week. El Dorado and Eastlake should be a fun one. Or how about a battle of unbeatens between the Riverside Rangers and the Jefferson Silver Foxes at Silver Fox Stadium. That should be a fun one, too. A little regional rivalry there. Uh,
3: Paul, what do you like for next week? Oh, man, I like them all. Uh, Yeah, Dorado-Eastlake should be fun. Uh, Yeah, yeah, and again, we were just talking about uh, that District 15A Division II Jefferson, one of those teams, uh, pretty impressive win tonight. They, Roman Gomez. We haven't we haven't talked about him that much. Uh, He wasn't their quarterback last week, but they plugged him in about a quarter into the game and had a couple long fifty-plus yard runs and more of the same tonight. And when he's back there, Jeff has that little yin and yang we always talk about. You have the athlete Gomez. Remember this the guy when uh, when the Rubio kid, Arturo Rubio, went down a couple of years ago with his knee. COVID twenty twenty again. Everything weird happened in twenty twenty. This guy came in as a sophomore and picked up the slack, while Rubio plugged back in last year and helped skipper them along with the the four-year starting quarterback, Nate Alcala, to, uh, to a playoff berth. But now those guys are gone. Gomez... Well, he was a running back. Now they plug him in at running back. He's a playmaker. And the littlest Rubio is back there with him with, uh, as well. Miguel Rubio. Miguel Rubio, huge, huge game tonight. A couple of 60 uh, plus yard touchdown runs. And Roman Gomez, they have that yin and yang in the running back field they were always talking about. So Jeff has some weapons. Of course, do they have the weapons that Riverside has when we're talking about Angel Munoz and Jose Guardado, yin and yang of their own. So, yeah, that should be a fun one.
7: It should be. Riverside really tough and can put up some points. Hey, all the action starts next Thursday. Americus and Mottwood, a battle of SISD schools at the SAC Thursday night. Both teams looking for their first win. Mottwood hosting Americus. And then the battle of the West Side. Coronado and Franklin Thursday night. That should be a fun one. Franklin has really owned that rivalry of late, but a former Franklin assistant, Mike Pry, now huh. the head coach at Coronado. He knows a thing or two about Franklin, so anything can happen in a rivalry.
3: Yeah, and I don't know that uh, we've ever had this matchup this early. I mean, the teams are always in the district, but usually they they save it for the uh, back end. Every time I see uh, Tony Gravalva, the ex-Franklin coach, we always uh, – I always enjoy reminding him of his final game, even though his his Franklin team uh, the year after they went to the round of eight, they didn't even make the playoffs. Uh, last the last game, uh, his last year, but the final game was what? Well, they went up against undefeated Coronado, and in overtime, came away with a big victory. So, even though he didn't go to the playoffs, he beat Coronado, and that's almost as important. That's how big this game is. And as you, as you said uh, recently. Franklin's had uh, all of it. I don't think since Jose Luis Herrera was there Mm -hmm. and scored maybe four touchdowns all by himself, 28-21, Coronado beat Franklin. I think they've uh, come up short since then. Absolutely. Once again, on Friday,
7: the 4 p.m. kickoff at the sack. Pebble Hills hosting Eastwood. The late game at the Sac, East Lake hosting El Dorado. Uh, other games, Andrus hosting Delvai should be a fun one. Burgess hosting Parkland. Burgess, I don't think it's the same Mustang team we've seen in years past. Parkland getting a last-second uh, field goal today to win it. Uh, should be a fun game there. Uh, Canateo at Austin. Canitio's L.J. Martin finally hitting the ground running literally uh, should be a fun one there. And then Riverside Jeff, Battle of Unbeatens at Silver Fox Stadium. led Indians hosting Bowie should be fun. Hanks hosting Irvin. Other games up in the land of enchantment, Mayfield hosting Centennial. That should be all Centennial on that one at the Field of Dreams. Centennial, the Hawks coming off a really tough loss at La Cueva today. And many more games and all of our thoughts. Lastly, all of our thoughts on Abraham Romero, the Oregon Mountain running back and linebacker in uh, the El Paso Children's Hospital ICU right now. Uh, all our thoughts and prayers are with him and the Oregon Mountain uh, family right now. Oregon Mountain traveling up to Albuquerque to face the Rio Rancho Rams next Friday night. We're really hoping Abraham Romero can come through and uh, pull pull it out and hopefully get to a game some point this season. Watch his Oregon Mountain nights play on the field. We're all thinking of him. Uh, as for uh, for a fr- football Friday night, all of our scores are on our website. 600 ESPN El Paso.com. again more action all over the uh, uh, borderland next week we're really excited to bring you week three a lot of great games for Paul McKinnon and producer Angel Munoz I'm Bo Bagley thank you for tuning in to football Friday night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso
2: you've been listening to football Friday night with Bo Bagley and Paul McKinnon on 600 ESPN El Paso. Don't forget to follow the Facebook page, Twitter, and Instagram at 600 ESPN El Paso. Visit us online at 600 ESPN El Paso.com for all of the latest regarding your high school football reports and more. Once again, we thank you for tuning in to Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso.